Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Smashbox TV's podcast, 430. Terry Miller, the disc golf guy, joined alongside Johnny V. Yeah, I am sitting here in my basement, my house. Well, you're missing out because I, I believe out in the western part of the United States, I think uh, a congratulations is in, in order. Kona and Colton, I believe, tied the knot uh, a matter of just hours ago, actually. Cor- yeah, correct. So congratulations to... Uh, How did they the, not invite us? The, the Montgomerys. <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> they make much better decisions in their lives <laughs> than to have a couple of yahoos like us uh, involved we, out there. We so. could have live streamed it. We could have commentated it. We could have done a lot of things. Yeah, we could also ruined it. So uh, <laughs> You're not wrong. Uh, so Listen, a, we've, we've been married for a long time. We're not ruining marriages. A good decision. <laughs> on their part and a good decision for one another we wish them nothing but eternal bliss and happiness and nothing but birdies and pars and eagles whatever else good comes with that so uh again congrats to the montgomery's i think uh, and we don't have them <laughs> although they should definitely be calling in i think that'd be appropriate on their wedding night but my first and only quick question before we get to our guest is does she remain kona panis she might take a Valerie Doss Jenkins approach to it, where she's still Kona Panis on the outwardly facing to the disc golf community, to her public community, but privately Legally. changes her name to uh, to to Montgomery. Kona Montgomery. Okay, well, I mean, those are the pressing questions. That's what our podcast is all about. You know, we are. Heavy and hard hitters here. And uh, one guy that always wants us to bring the pain. Six-time world champ, Paul McBath. Oh. Hey, what's up, guys? Yeah. Uh, how, how are you doing? Where are you vacationing? Are you on a honeymoon of your own? Or are you with Elon would... in, uh, in, a, in a SpaceX? What are you doing? Oh, yeah. You, you would think so. Um, you know. <laughs> well, no, I'm, I'm uh, just hanging out in the beautiful... Uh, Beautiful state of Virginia right now, as you can tell. 
Yeah, I mean, that looks just like the Virginia I know. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, and if it wasn't the Virginia, my second guess coastline. would have been Florida. So, yeah. It, 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 you it's know, probably the two combined. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, well, let's talk about that. Uh, first of all, welcome to the show. I know it's been a little bit. Uh, we've postulated, speculated on a few of your recent moves and what you've been doing over the last few weeks. You've been playing, and we'll talk about that. But uh, what what does this off season here, it, it has to feel like it's kind of now getting started in terms of you, you know, really scaling back on your playing to all just a few events. What are you doing in Virginia? Didn't you just move from there? Yeah, I did just move from here. Um, so just here visiting Hannah's family, um, my family as well. My brother lives here. Uh, so we're just doing, we're, we're doing Thanksgiving up here. Uh, we got up late last night. Um, so just enjoying family time. Uh, for the holidays, and then we'll head back down to Florida on Friday, make that drive back, and then, uh, yep, just enjoying the off season. Like it, it's an active off season, you know. As as you've seen, I'm playing a couple tournaments in Florida. It's hard not to when when the weather's so beautiful, and and you know they're they're fun places to go. So um, just in, just enjoying that, uh, competing and and playing tournaments that I feel like are are really fun. So uh, yeah, it's been it's been it's been enjoyable. The, the move's gone well so far. Well, so, of course, we don't need your address, and we're not trying to dox you here, but uh, where exactly did you move? Uh, <laughs> just because I know you had a few different options in mind. Again, I don't need your street address or anything, but where did you move to? Well, clearly to the beach, as you can tell in the <laughs> yep, background. Yep. It's his backyard. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we're, we're, we're Jacksonville Beach, Ponte Verde area, um, yep. or Ponte Vidre, sorry, uh, Vidra. Um, yeah, I don't know what I'm saying, but, uh, yeah, we're right, we're right there, um, in that area and, uh, just been enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, we we obviously mean, had the, we had the tropical storm, which was a cool experience. So <laughs> yeah, some, for some probably, uh, not as much as others, but, uh, yeah. uh, seemingly everything was all right for you guys and, and no major issues or concerns right off the bat. Yeah. In terms of no, just, rolling through. Yeah, just flooded some of the streets and stuff, and and it was mainly wind. Uh, there wasn't actually surprisingly a whole lot of rain. It just kind of blew through, but um, pretty windy, and that was that was a little scary in the sense of like you don't know what's going to fall from the trees. <laughs> that was really the only concern <laughs> that we had where we were at. Uh, but also we had the um, storm surge, which brought up some water up to our our driveway. Um, so not into our house, but the streets were flooded and, and, uh, yeah, it was, it was an experience and it was uh, nice to knock that out so quick and just know what it's like. Yeah. And hopefully, uh, you know, God willing everything, uh, you guys don't have any major catastrophes or anything else to deal with for quite some time. Although it seems like they're obviously just going to be inevitable and there's going to be more that roll through Mm -hmm. at some point or another. Uh, maybe you, you kind of just answered this, but touch on Florida and and why there? Because we've seen you move around to a number of different places throughout the last few years, whether it's on season, off season, whatever the case might be. But wh- why Florida, and why that part of Florida? Maybe is maybe the the more hopefully insightful follow. Yeah. Why that part of Florida? Yeah. So I uh, sorry, I hit the monitor here. Um, <laughs> lived in. Uh, I, I spent a couple winters in Florida uh, about ten years ago. And I feel like that's where I gained my most um, in that in that time of my career. You know, for my pro career is where I felt like I played the most, interacted the most with the the locals there and leagues and and such. And just 
it seemed like a very active area. Like I grew up in Southern California, but there weren't many tournaments going on. Everything was spread out there. Uh, in the in the winter, especially, there was nothing really going on. To where Florida, it feels like their season is just kicking off, pretty much. Um, so it's somewhere to go. Like they have four A tiers, and I could have gotten into all four, but uh, pulled my name off the wait list on one of them. So I'll be playing three A tiers. Um, but it's just fun to go and, and compete and uh, see these see some of these areas I've been and see how they've grown, and then also go to some new areas that I, I haven't explored yet. Uh, like the South Florida Open, it's at a course where I haven't played yet, but I have played the South Florida Open before. So it kind of moves around in that area um, down there in like the Fort Lauderdale, uh, Miami, so all, all over in that area. Um, so it's just, I don't know, I feel, I feel like I, I learned so much uh, and I can, I can not only like work on myself in the sense of like, like, working out, um, just the athletic side and getting, getting myself in shape, but I can also develop and work on skills by going out and being at the course, playing in some of these tournaments and just kind of creating a routine to where I'm extremely active out here. Um, and I, I like that. Uh, so I think that helps a lot because I feel like I, I just like being athletic and, uh, making sure I'm carrying that into the season. And, and, you know, if people are like, Hey, let's go play this game or let's go play this sport outside of disc golf. I'm like, all right, I'm ready. Like I'm, I'm in shape and I'm good to go. And let's, let's go do it. So two thoughts to that one. Um, some people may say you, you're, you, and there's no one that's a better judge of your own and your body, your physique, your, your physical capabilities than yourself. But some would say, you know, with how rough the grind is, how tough it is out there week in and week out mentally and physically, like you need some recovery. Do you, do you feel, are you at all worried that now in this place and in this position, it it's too tempting not to recover for all the reasons you just said it's, it's, it's so easy um, to go out and be active or more burnout quicker in the season. Yeah. 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 So uh, to finish answering that last question too, you said why why that area where we moved to. Yeah. Uh, Hannah has a lot of friends that live here. Um, okay. We've come down here and we spent last winter a, a, about a week, maybe two weeks here, uh, and we just really like the area. It has everything that we're looking for. Um, it's got a disc golf course not too far away and, and all that stuff. So um, and it's still connected to the, the other forty seven states. I feel like you know if we were to go Tampa or a little bit further south, I feel like you're getting a little too far. Uh, to get out of Florida to where we're 45 minutes from Georgia border, um, if not less. But uh, I think when you're following a tour like the Disc Golf Pro Tour, it's kind of laid out there for you. You don't get any options. You don't get any choices. So I feel like that's where I run into burnout more than what's going on now. Right now I'm playing for fun. Like I'm playing because I want to play to where you don't really get that choice when you're playing the Pro Tour. They're just laid out and you kind of got to go there. Um, so I think this is actually freeing me up and making me enjoy disc golf more and hopefully carrying that into the season to where I can find a routine where it's enjoyable to where I don't have to focus on the, on the courses so much as, as I can do other things, but still know how to maintain my disc golf and work and progress throughout the season as well and and continue to learn. Um, but, uh, also these tournaments, I'm not going Monday and getting ready for them. I'm kind of showing up the day before uh, and then practicing the course and then uh, playing it the next day. So there are some things that I could get better at, like uh, the the tournament over the weekend. I, I practiced on Wednesday, then I had to leave Thursday, and then I came back and played the tournament Friday. And I would say out of the 36 holes, there's probably 12 to 14 that I completely didn't remember and just screwed them up. Um, so 
that's where I think the the multiple days comes into and the familiar just being more familiar with some of the courses on tour. Um, so there are there's the plus and the minus, but also it allows me to trust my instincts and do what what I feel like is right in that moment uh, because I don't recall uh, what the shots were. Yeah, I mean, and and it was really it. I would have to think you felt a little embarrassed the fact that you only opened with a 1070 <laughs> rated round and you dipped. You still had the hottest round, round two, with a 1051 rated round. And then round three, it wasn't the hottest round, but it was only 1031. So you averaged like 1052 golf or 1050 golf for yep. the weekend. I, I, that feels like you're slipping. That's what the offseason <laughs> well, is for. You know? Yeah, it's funny because the first round I actually threw to some wrong wrong baskets uh, during that par stretch. <laughs> Don't tell me they hit off the basket or the tree and still went the wrong no, way were, for you. They were they were par they were par four, so I kind of like just threw that like thinking I had to like make an L shape to where it was kind of more not even it wasn't really turning. But there was it's such an open course the first course we played that um, you can see multiple baskets um, on some of them. So. Uh, which I, I talked to is Hosfeld design course. So I mm-hmm. told him after I was like, I'm just used to when I'm on the tour, everything's roped off. So you kind of know which direction you're going, or you might not be able to see them. But on the open courses like that, you kind of you kind of see that to where um, I was trying to remember from Wednesday when I practice it. Uh, now it's Friday that I just mix certain shots up. Uh, so th- that kind of <laughs> caused some pars that first round. And I was playing well the first round. Uh, and then the second round, I completely didn't remember um, about seven of the holes that we played. Um, and then the final round, it's funny. I actually, it was my worst round, but I recognized the course the most. Uh, but we just had some pretty poor weather. It was like 60 degrees and raining, which 60 degrees is pretty warm for a lot of areas. But when it was about 85 two days before, mm-hmm. um, and then it's raining and cold. So. And I, and I kind of had a lead, so I just didn't want to lose it. I just wanted to make them try to win it in that rain. And, and Fish started out like he was going to take it. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I was able to hold off and kind of just par, par, birdie, 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 par, par. So um, kind of just didn't give them too much of a chance down there at the end. Yeah, and I also noticed earlier today you, you took home $1,386. Uh, mm-hmm. There was a field of 54 open. So this is, uh, I, I'll say, a standard A-tier event and then some. Um, but I made the joke earlier a few weeks ago when we saw you and heard you playing in a few of these eight tiers, you know, you talk yep. about the, the routine and staying, you know, sharp and focused and learning your routine and, and all that stuff. And I thought that maybe you were, you were trying to go after the money record because in <laughs> theory, uh, if the payouts were big enough, there, there was an opportunity for you to, you know, possibly surpass, Kristen and and or Ricky, who are you know roughly five or or eight thousand yep. dollars ahead of you, yeah. Did that ever cross um, your mind? Well, I before Pro Tour, I knew like whoever won this, like if I won it, I was going to be so far ahead. Uh, Gannon and then Rick were the three that whoever won it could could really jump out in front because I think yeah. I had Ricky at the time by like fourteen or sixteen thousand dollars or something. Um. And then he won that and kind of flip flop. But no, after the pro tour, it's kind of near impossible to catch someone who just makes thirty five grand at a tournament. But yeah. it's a money record. It's going to get broken next year or the year after. Like it's it's not it's not a record that's going to stick really ever. Um, it's just going to money's just going to keep climbing. So um, not one that I really see lasting too long, uh, no matter who has it and what year it is. 
I mean, uh, and nothing for nothing, uh, and clearly not to take away from a- any part of her skill set. And in fact, yeah. it's just a compliment. But Kristen Tatar holding it until then later, 100%. you know, you or Rick or Gannon won. Yep. Kristen reset. She was the first ever. Overall. Yeah. She was she was the first ever to hit 100,000 in earnings. So like even I knew even if Kristen won it, I would not be if I won the finals, I would not be the first ever to clear $100,000. So, yeah, uh, um, just that would have been the cool. I think. That would have been the only cool thing, in my opinion, would be the first. But uh, yeah, she definitely she took that. Well, and doubly amazing that it was an FPL player of uh, you know yeah. That, yeah that we have yeah. expanded our fields and have moved so quickly in the last three mm-hmm. years. That, oh, and that, she didn't play. Yeah, and she Sorry. and she missed the like, European Open two majors. Yeah, yeah she, she missed, missed two majors. majors, which she probably mm-hmm. could have cleared another seven, eight grand. She probably could have. She probably probably could have put it like one twenty five. Yeah, probably close to what, there. Yeah, that, uh, it's I mean the two majors amazing. and then two or three elite series. I think she missed. Yeah, yeah. so uh, uh, incredible effort that she had. So uh, nonetheless, nothing to to stick your nose up at in the fact that you know you're looking at uh, Johnny. What, what does that bring you to? Just like ninety eight thousand, I think on probably on, somewhere uh, on there. Yep. Somewhere on there uh, yep. for the year, which is uh, uh, right now it shows you at ninety eight thousand nine fifty two. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're seeing yourself and Ricky and a few other players uh, get really philanthropic, if I think that's the right way to use it. Um, well, we're I mean, talking about money. I'm just looking. This broke your career earnings over seven hundred thousand dollars as well. Like that's another oh, nice. a, another uh, yeah. bar, so to yeah. speak. Is that the, is that the highest career earnings of any? I have to assume it is. Yeah, because right? I think I I think I broke that two years ago or something, yeah. which is Clima. He yeah. was like five something. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, yeah, now at the the highest, which is funny when we look at that compared to what we know your guaranteed yeah. contract is. But anyway, yeah. um, well, I think, 000... I think, go ahead. I was going to say, I think Gannon's on pace to break it in like six years. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I mean, as you said, with the money records, yeah. it, you, you know, it took you this long to get to 700,000. A good. It's taken a, Gannon two years. Yeah. A good, a good year will net somebody $100,000 now, probably. Yeah. yeah. So it, Gannon yeah. could break this in six years, five years. Yeah. Or get yeah. to this it's point, like it, you know. No, for, I, I agree. It's, it, the money parts, it, it's hard to have like a real record. Like I said, I think the first, the real cool thing would have been 100000 be the first, and then the next one's who's going to be the first to have a million career earnings, and then $10 million and et cetera. So, yeah. And, and um, yeah, you... you Clearly, it's just where the money is at yeah. now. We're talking about, yep. you know, whether it's uh, uh, Kristen or Rick with these $35,000 checks. That was yeah. literally a good year for yep. many years within disc golf. I mean, we're talking yep. just oh, for sure. 10 or 12 years ago. That was a good year. And now yep. they're. I mean, it's still out. a good year. Like, it's yeah, still a decent yeah, year. Yeah, you're right. It's like, still I think, not a bad I think 35000 35, is probably still in the top 15 earners if you oh, pulled that sure. up. Yeah. For sure. So. So with with that, um, you know, you, you just said it a minute ago. You said you're playing for fun. What what do you care about? Is there anything that you care about outside of the biggest titles now? Like any um, bars or records, like, or you just care yeah. about major titles, don't you? Well, I mean, I care. I care. Majors, I think, are the number one. Um, you know, that's 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 the one that everyone looks at careers in any sports, you know, the Super Bowl, the World Series, um, all those things, you know, disc golf, golf, it's the majors. I think the elite series are 
are great. And that's something that was, that was a record I looked, I, I uh, shot for my whole career going up. Um, and that was, that was, I think, I, I forget whose record that was that I broke, but I think it was Felberg who had the most elite series wins. Um, but it was, uh, it's interesting because they always, I feel like before the national tour became a thing, it was super tours. You know, the national tour became a thing and then disc golf pro tour came around and then it was uh disc golf pro tours or elite series. But, but for some reason, whenever they do statistics, they leave out, they leave out national tours. They kind of just talk about pro tours and who has the most pro tour wins, but they don't count the ones before. So it's like, I'm curious if that dynamic is going to carry forward to where they just want to kind of pick and choose who, who has the most wins in this division or not division, but this, uh, this tour or whatever. Well, I, I, um, so. I feel like all the records now that at least from a back end production standpoint, mm-hmm. from when Mo essentially hands us stats that are probably yeah. coming from Statmando, it, the, the phrasing now is uh, ES as an elite series. Yes, slash elite series. Mm-hmm. And yep. elite series should include all of the pro tours since 2016 yes. and then all the national tours as well. That's yeah. when they say elite series, that's including, you know, that era and and those yeah. events so is are you yeah. saying you, oh sometimes like i'll that? just talk about i like when they're all yeah like all the ones okay. that are on the same stage like national tours disc golf pro tours like those are the same tournaments yeah. you know they're the same kind of the same kind of talent and field would show up to the national tours as as would the pro tour now but there's just way more pro tours than there was ever national tours you know i think the most we ever had was like 10 maybe but yeah. more likely it was like eight to now we're up to 20 pro tours a year, I think, or, or pro tours and majors. So, um, so yeah, no, I think, I think, you know, there's a lot more opportunities for people to get big wins on the, on the tour now, which is really cool. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, we were just talking about money and, and I think there's going to be a lot of milestones now over, over records, you know, career milestones and things like that is, is how I look at these. Um, but no, I, I definitely look at majors as number one elite series events, um, are up there as well, but I look at the majors more than elite series, and then everything else kind of just falls falls in third. Do you do you find it difficult for yourself to get excited for an elite series event because it really feels like you do put every ounce mm-hmm. of focus into a major. You always show up for the majors, and sometimes mm-hmm. it feels like the elite series. You show up the day before, two days before, you get a practice round in, and it's part of the nature of the tour, but you don't always look like you have all your focus at every elite series Or your event. first round play takes the day off and then you show no, up for charge in round two and three. No, I was going to say, usually you pretty play pretty well first round. It's that second round and then you come back and charge yeah. your third round. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think one thing that, that started to happen is we, we've been playing these same courses so many times that I just kind of don't focus on them to where I just play them. And, and that kind of gets me in trouble to where I need to, I need to focus on them one, but I need to find a way where I find it enjoyable to play them and like put pressure on myself to play them instead of just throwing the shots that I've thrown for the last couple of years. Um, and that's kind of something I started to realize towards the end of this year. And I think COVID when we had the pandemic and stuff, it took a lot of the competitive side away from me and just threw a lot of things up in, up in the air to where it's like, what, what's, what's next. And I think that kind of really, uh, took a toll on my competitive edge. Um, because when we came back, it was just kind of, all right, Europe's not happening. Worlds, who knows? It got canceled one year. So it was kind of a lot of unsure um, things going on to where now it's like everything feels like it's back. 
this year it felt like it was more back, but European Open was still up in question. Um, so this year, I think um, towards the end of the year, especially after European Open, it was like, all right, like I need to figure out a routine. I need to figure out this that's going to make me want to focus and show up to all these events because there's 20 to 25 events that the top players are playing. And uh, it is easy to kind of just play the tournament and not compete and, and be there fully. Uh, so I want to find a way where I'm enjoying each trip that I'm going on. And that's kind of why I want to be more athletic to where I'm doing more stuff off the course that I can be competitive in as well. Um, and not just be like, all right, I'm just here for disc golf and that's it. Uh, because it, it kind of just becomes and feels like it's a, it's a job more than like, this is my passion. I'm doing it because I love it. And then secondly, I'm getting paid for it. Um, so that's kind of, kind of what I need to shift towards. Is, is this your low key way of saying you're, you're, transitioning out of disc golf and you're taking pickleball that much more seriously. <laughs> I mean, you guys are playing it. It what appears to be every single night. And I know that happens a lot on tour, but as I'm seeing all the Instagram stories these mm-hmm. days, it seems like every night pickleball is happening down there as well. Uh, and I, well, I thought I just saw it's... Uh, Jonathan Gomez, right? He just won a pickleball tournament this weekend. Yeah, I It mean... seemed like it was just his buddies. It seemed like oh. he just beat his buddies. That's what it well, looked like. I, I think it was like age 35 and up. And then I, I forget uh, how they rank it, like 3.5 or something to 4. I, I did hear, yeah. I've heard it's like, yeah, like the, that's how the ratings is. And you like had to three, have so many 5, hours four, four. behind a camera to be eligible. <laughs> and it's really, it's really exclusive division. No, regardless. Well, then, yeah, the question that's remains, yeah, that's yeah, awesome. is pickleball next? Um, who knows? No. Um, I, I mean, I enjoy playing it. And I feel like it's like the, the statewide sport, sport of Florida. It's uh-huh. like mandatory that you play down there. Yep. Um, so, uh, during, during, uh, the tournaments and, and the night, like after the rounds and at dark or whatever, we would just go and play each, each night after the, after the tournament rounds. Um, and it was just something to do, you know, it, you don't need the, we didn't need the sun. We just needed lights, you know, to where disc golf, like you need, you need the sun really to play mm-hmm. and enjoy it and get better to where we just played under the lights. Uh, and there was a solid probably eight to 12 of us each night playing, um, and and it's actually competitive between the the men and women, you know. So it was it was a lot of fun to where the the gap's not huge there um, okay. between all of us. So yeah, we just you know, and you got a partner and you got a team, so you can kind of make it fair in some way. Uh, well, you know, you put the the one ver- one and ten together, and they they could play like the the five and six or whatever, or you know, four and five. So okay, this is a two part question then. Mm-hmm. Who's the best? pickleballer in in the group that you've been playing in in the last few weeks who's the best among that group uh sullivan tipton for sure okay. uh, and the ones that we've been playing in florida um but uh i've been trash talking melton for yeah, sure well and then that, that and, and then sully and i is, can take down melton and whoever pretty easily yeah who's the best overall that like plays disc golf that you've seen in played against or interacted with who is is, is melton there's is a, melton there's no, a lot of time. no it's it, it's probably solely okay. from all the He's ones like, that i played with yeah solely okay. is, yeah did he play in the tournament with madison when she talked about playing in one do you know is that possible who? uh solely i know madison I, i'm not Walker sure talked about but, playing in a tournament like a year ago and she said yeah. she had a pretty solid partner and i don't remember if it was him or not but Maybe not. I'm not. I'm not sure. I, I didn't ask too many questions. Um, but yeah, him and I, we teamed up together and we've played against each other. And, and he's he's really good. Um, 
but yeah, best person I've played pickleball with um, so far, for sure. And we've teamed up before, and we played here in Jacksonville. He came through, and we played some really good people. Him and I, uh, we've been beat twice. So, <laughs> so the internet, the internet's asking who uh, who's the worst? Who's the worst I've played with? Who needs the most or like, help? Name? Oh shoot! Bradley Williams is the worst I've seen play. What? But that's because I was with him for his first time. Oh, so I mean, because so he's, he's I, a damn like he's such a skilled human. That's yeah, but I'm, I, if I'm being if I'm being fair, like I have maybe only seen twenty people play, um, but like some were so new. Like Mason Ford was new, and he wasn't that good. Um, I can see Bradley taking a while on that backhand. He's he's really slow doing the pull. Very methodical. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I haven't played with a whole lot of people. But those are just two people that I saw like their first one to ten times playing. So. Um, they were. I mean, I, I can say the worst. I'm not saying they're bad, but they were. They're the worst that I've played with for sure because it was really early in them learning pickleball. Okay. Okay. How 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 much athleticism? It, it you know because clearly this is played and spans mm-hmm. so many ages, and yeah. I somewhat liken it to a racquetball where you don't have to be the most athletic, but if your strategy mm-hmm. and your your shot shaping is better. Sure then the the raw athleticism is almost yeah. secondary is that is that a fair way well, to word it how do, how would you describe it to somebody I, th- I think you can really compete if you're athletic uh uh-huh. cuz you can get to the ball and get get around uh so it's like a quick first or second step is really big um cuz that'll get you to a lot of balls uh mm-hmm. but then it's like you got to have hand eye coordination to some degree and be able to control where you're hitting the ball because you don't want to just kind of hit it back and forth. You need to actually be keeping it low or you're just going to get the ball slammed on you all day. And uh, that's not fun. Um, But uh, I mean, you need a little bit, but also if you can just get to the net, you just got to be quick and have some quick reflexes. Like that's kind of how when I played against Dixon Jower, he he would just get up to the net and he was just quick with his hands. He wasn't like sprinting and getting lobs or anything like that, but he was just on that net and he was just stopping anything from getting by him. Um, so I think there's multiple ways that you can play. Yeah, and we've seen so, how serious quick I mean, feet or quick that, hands. Well, I was going to say he had a headband that, on. Uh, at the country club there. Uh, yeah, obviously it has the disc golf, but that immediately then fills up with disc golfers <laughs> as they have yep. dedicated pickleball courts over at the country club mm-hmm. in Emporia, and they have lights and everything else. And uh, mm-hmm. I feel like that place is just packed the entire week. Yeah, yeah, and I, I'm not gonna lie, it is it is a really good workout because it's like. Quick sprint, quick sprint, quick sprint, quick sprint. So you know you you do get drenched in sweat pretty quickly uh, if you're if you're actually playing and getting into it instead of um, you know just kind of hitting the ball back and forth. But if you're actually playing matches, it's like you, you feel it, you feel it for sure. So uh, that has to lead to my maybe my final pickleball related question, which is: <laughs> Have we seen any real injuries? Has you know? Because the first time somebody legitimately hurts themselves, blows out a knee, yeah, is taken out of an event or taken out of the year. There's going to be this like, ah, those idiots shouldn't have been playing pickleball. You know, it's just, it's just human nature then to be like, we told you so. Have you, have we seen any injuries or, or do people not take Um, it serious enough? I'm not sure with pickleball, but like you know, at Waco they had that kickball match. Oh, not Waco, uh, Des Moines, uh, Des Moines, Des Moines. Yeah, Yeah. like Luke Humphrey's like. I don't know if he pulled anything in his leg, but he had to drop out of the tournament because of uh, some leg injury and mm-hmm. some people were feeling it the next day. So, um, 
I'm sure that injuries can happen with everything. Um, you know, even spike ball and pick a ball and kick Rock ball climbing, anything. I mean, yeah. All these things so any, loves to do, anything. right? Pick yeah, up game of basketball. I mean, anyone could blow an ankle or a knee. I mean, I mean, you see in professional baseball, like people will fall out of their tub, you know, and then yeah, like yeah. break a bone in their hand. So it's like anything can. Um, but if you're if you're keeping yourself in shape and being, you know, keeping yourself doing things, I think you'll be a little bit more preventative in that. But if you're just go, you know, zero to a hundred into a pickleball, you never played, and then you're doing full sprints. Yeah, you could probably pull something or do something, but. Um, yeah, just don't, just don't go zero to hundred and take care of yourself and stretch and, you know, just t- take a, t- take care of yourself before and after and, and you should be good. But yeah, well, there that, is a chance that you fall and, and hurt yourself. But yeah, that unintentionally will segue, segue into a contract question, which is in a lot of sports, they have certain clauses about things yep. people can or can't be doing in the off season or mm-hmm. during downtime or even during the season, whatever the case might be. Your your contract is obviously the the largest, most significant contract that we've seen in disc golf. Are there any clauses? Are there anything that that you feel like, yeah, this mirrors or mimics a a professional athlete's contract? Is there anything in there that that you could share that you, you that guys... mine might have that other professional ones? Yeah. Um. Not that I can think of. Uh, but I know of people who have contracts where you can't ride a motorcycle, you can't skydive, okay. mm-hmm. you can't ride a jet ski. But I know like that's more like baseball and yeah. stuff to where you can get hurt and they got millions and millions and millions dumped into them. Mine doesn't have anything like that. Um, but for me personally, I know not to ride a motorcycle, <laughs> uh, jet ski. I might hop on a jet ski, but I know my limits because, you know, I don't have – um. I know, like, I just feel like I I don't want to injure myself. Like, this is like a lifetime sport. So I want to get as much as I can out of it uh, to where baseball, you know, 35 to to 38 is about, that's, that's old. (laughs) Like, that's real old. Um, And that's kind of where a lot of our, our, our players are now. And and we don't consider them old, but we consider them kind of, you know, getting to that age. But, but like Sexton, I think is 37 or 38, you know, And, and he's still taking top 10 at these majors or top five or wherever he's at. So, we don't consider that super old in disc golf yet. Um, but, uh, but no, I don't, I don't have anything specifically, but I've been advised to avoid certain things that <laughs> I may go too hard in. Uh, well, I, I think sometimes, uh, just hanging out with, you know, with your boy, Bob Julio and, uh, and, uh, Wagner and a few of those boys, that might be in your best interest, to, to just, uh, tamper some of your activities with those guys and, and you'll keep a little safer. So, yeah. uh, contract season, uh, for so many players, I don't know if you've mm-hmm. got, you know, the T as, as your wife would say, or any, uh, interesting updates, or is there anything you're keeping your eye on or anything that you can share? We're not ex- you know, expecting you to break anyone else's big news, but is there a person of interest that you're like, Hey, I, I wonder where blank is going They're They're up for their contract. Is there, is there anyone off the top of your head that. Well, I mean, I think it'll be interesting because like, what was it last year? Ricky switched and he was like mm-hmm. in one year, one or two of a five-year deal. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if things like that became more common. Um, not, not hold it, not staying for an entire length of your agreed upon contract. Is that what you're saying? Sure. And I think also players are probably putting it in their contract now to where um, they can leave sooner, even if they do like, like a, 
like a five-year deal to where it's like, okay, we could leave after two years. To where in other sports, there's player options, team options, and things like that to where players might start putting that in their contract and stuff. Um, so I think there might be clauses like that that could start being in these contracts. Um, and I think also after we've seen with like like uh, when Paige left DD, like, or Prodigy, whichever one, it might have been both. I'm not sure. But, you know, it kind of, it, it's not a good look when someone wants to leave and they're kind of stuck to their contract. And it just doesn't, it, it kind of leaves sour taste in people's mouth to where now it might be like, all right, just go. Like, it's going to be better if we just let you go instead of like going through this little process and feud. Um, so I can see things like that happening as well to where if both agree, like, okay, you know, like this, this isn't working out how we both envision. Neither of us are, are truly happy with it. Like, Go like yeah, walk away. Uh, we'll just cut ties completely, and and we'll just you know burn this contract, and you're good to go. Yeah, I, you know, I can I can start to see things like that on mutual agreements and such. Um, so I think I think there I think there's a lot of things that can happen, especially with the more players that we have and the more um, companies that get into the sport and, and are looking for flagship players. You know, you saw Lone Star with Nico. Um, you know, they're looking for these players that they can that they can hang their hat on for a couple of years and kind of make an explosive announcement like that one. Have you, have you heard? And again, like Terry said, you don't have to spill any beans. Have you heard uh-huh. of anything big that we, uh, that, that that's coming up at all that other people should, will be surprised about. Um, I've heard rumors, but I don't know anything that is pen to paper yet. Um, but yeah, there are things that I have heard, um, but nothing that, nothing that's, that's been done. So um, does it feel a little, yeah, I mean, should we feel a little bit, uh, almost a little bit bored in the fact that, from a media perspective exclusively, that people are now signing these two, three, five-year deals, and it's just becoming more common. It's not, it's not nearly as volatile. Like usually November, December, getting... everybody is because one-year contracts mm-hmm. used to just be so much more common, and now yep. people are signing. For a two or a three year deal, halfway through, you know, in the middle of the summer, they're announcing, yeah. "Oh, I'm here for another three years." Like that takes yeah. away from our our it, you know topic. But right I feel now. like we have so many so sure. many top players now that those Definitely. contracts are going to be spread out. Like mm-hmm. it's like, oh, cool, well, Gannon's up this year, and then Isaac's up the next year. I don't know. What yeah. do you think, Paul? No, I agree. I think I mean it could go both ways, but I also think as far as a player and a company for marketing aspects, like you don't want to put your money and market someone if you're if they're only there a year and you don't know if they're just going to leave. Um, mm-hmm. And and you can see that with these commercials now. We got D- DGN that's playing commercials all the time. So if you have to make a brand new one, like that's a couple thousand dollars, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just down the drain. If you only use it for a year or, or six months or whatever, however long it takes, if they're only with you for a year. So I think it goes both ways. Uh, and then a player can feel a little bit more secure and, and things like that, that they got three years potentially, you know, under their belt. Um, but um, yeah, like Johnny said, I think there's so many players that are coming up now. There's so many different companies that there's going to be players switching every year. Um, whether the money keeps going up, whether money keeps getting announced, like everyone's trying to shoot for this, you know, what my deal was, what Ricky's deal was, Kristen and, and Kona to where everyone feels like, oh, they need that person needs to get paid. That person needs to get paid. They're going to get the bag. And it's like, that's, you got to realize like, that's a decade of work. That's a decade of work page, decade of work. Like Kona was at least a decade in the sport. Like these are people that have been there a long time. So, um, you know, Gannon's what in his second year as a pro, 
if he signs a new deal and it's six figures, like that's huge, but mm -hmm. don't expect like, you know, people just to shell out a million dollars for someone, even though he's young, you know, like who, who knows, you know, Isaac, so like the, these young, proven. I mean, I mean, yeah, like, proven like right now, but year. I'm saying he doesn't have that mm -hmm. longevity. That's what I, yeah. Like that, that's, clarify. that's hard for a company. Like, yeah, some companies might be like, all right, we're taking this chance, but like, that's a big investment uh, for someone who's, who's come up so fast, been there a year. And, and who knows, it could be the next big thing and you just struck gold or it could, Hey, you're stuck with someone for five years and, and, and they, they feel like their third year, they just, they don't even want to play disc golf anymore. Mm -hmm. yep. So, um, you know, it, it's interesting. And, 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 you know, this is kind of, I don't want to say it's like gambling, but like you're, you're, you're trying to find the next big thing. Uh, and I mean, mm -hmm. you guys, you guys know how it is. You guys are doing that in the media. You always want to have the next big topic. You want to have, you, you know, I know you want to go find the next big player. Like, like Terry saw Holland Hanley when she won that tournament down in Arizona, like Terry was there filming. He's like, this girl's going to be good. Or, this mm -hmm. this player is going to be good. This she she's she's something. She didn't win this by accident, and uh, you know here she is, top ten, top five in the world or something. So in her first, this is her first touring year, correct? Yeah, full I mean, season. Yeah, I know. she season. kind of a half season, season last yeah. year or whatever. You know, but ended up quitting you know? her job when she never thought she would. Now mm -hmm. sponsored multiple sponsors and is yep. giving freaking you know online clinics, tutorials online and clinics. clinics. You know, yeah. And, so and, and she's perfect mm -hmm. for it. So. Yep. So like that's something Terry finds and, 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 you know, that's something that these, these manufacturers probably want to find and, and who knows when others, other sponsors get into the sport and stuff, like if they're going to be doing the same thing where, where they're going to just be throwing money at someone like Gannon, like, all right, that's, that's who we're going all in on. That's who we want to be our person for the next 10 years. So you never know. I think it's going to be exciting. I think there's going to be other announcements, but I mean, those are our big contracts right now is, is manufacturers. So you never know who else can jump in and, and want to kind of have those kind of deals. Did, did we well, just did we just land on a money opportunity for me? To, I was just to about be to an say insider, to be a scout, companies to be scouting, no, be a scout. scouting footage. Yeah. Like yep. would it yeah. would it Could. not make sense for someone like Discraft or DD or Innova to be like, hey Terry, we're going to throw you an extra X grand this year uh -huh, uh -huh. because we know you go to all these smaller events. You mm -hmm. you hit this. You've got I like your guys. Where this is yep. going. Yeah. And, and guess what? You, you when mm -hmm. you see someone, you call us because <laughs> uh -huh. isn't isn't that honestly yeah. truly isn't that kind of what you did with Holland? That's like, exactly. Like what you I did with you Holland. reached out to Eric McCabe and was like, hey, there's someone here that I think might benefit your team. Now, now, mm -hmm. just, or whomever. just to use her quickly as an example, uh, in talking to Holland and, and having a conversation with her, of course, I thought she was, you know, an incredible person. She went on to tell me what she mm -hmm. was throwing. Exactly. And then we had a conversation about, yep. um, you know, what brands she currently throws and or likes and or would consider. And I happened to be a conduit where I could say, hey, if you want, I'll reach out to McCabe. A few days later, yep. she had an offer, you know, in front but, of her. But let's be honest, you could be a conduit for any team. I, because I you, you literally know everybody. Show me the money. Yes, I like where this is going. And I, I mean, I'll play with certain players and, and mm -hmm. Bob will be like, hey, can you can you check this player if, you, if, if you're playing with him or if you see him at the tournament? Like, can you see what he does good, where he struggles? Is he worth, you know, looking further into? And, and mm -hmm. you know, players like that to where he might say like they've reached out to us and, and I just haven't seen them in person and you're at the tournaments. Like that's kind of what a team captain role is as well too. Mm -hmm. uh, it's like, Hey, like check these, like, is it, should we pursue that player further or should we let him, let him go? Um, so those messages do come from, from the team managers and such um, to where, you know, that Terry could take that role. Yeah. 
So, uh, so. And, and I like it. Uh, hashtag Terry, Terry McGuire. Now, granted, he was the agent <laughs> and not so much the scout, but well, I'll give that, you that. that. That doesn't lead me too far, though, from asking Paul something else that was already uh, brewing was, where are you in terms of an agent, in terms of representation in terms mm-hmm. of third you know, party sponsorships. Yeah, because you're you're where you are within your contract now, which is what it's fifth year? Or were you, you were uh so my original one, this would be my fi- well this twenty twenty three would have been my final year for my original four year deal. So I'm only in year two of my ten year. Oh, you're only in yeah. two of okay. Because he signed, he re-signed yes. for ten full years at the at the yeah, time. At it wasn't time. an extension. So when I'm, okay. Yeah, so this one ends when I'm forty. Jeez. Okay. So sorry, Discraft. Yeah. Jeez. So where does? <laughs> love to see how that plays out. Um, where yeah. does? Where does that? Uh, where does that leave you for other deals? And what does that look like? I mean, obviously, well, yeah. This and sponsorship of of that of Discraft sure. is all locked and loaded. But mm-hmm. who? Who? If. Yeah. Who do you have a conversation about if an Under Armour or a, you know, a, a Voss yeah, I think, I think there's, along? I think there's so many options for, for sponsors, uh, you know, just looking at this background that I have, you know, it just kind of makes me think of like vacations or flights or like airlines and things like that. Like there's so many options there. And you know, you mentioned water, snacks, mm-hmm. like there's so many options. I feel like that someone could could be a representation for them to where they feel like it's beneficial for their company, and and they think you know when when people do sponsorships, they're paying someone money because they think that person's going to bring them more money. Like that's business. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are things that that could work, but my biggest goal this winter is finding a real agent. Um, I don't think we have a real agent in disc golf i think we have a lot of people that that are managers and 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 lawyers that know how to negotiate deals but i don't think we have a real agent in the world um of disc golf yet uh so that is one of my 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 main goals this winter is to is to get a a official agent that uh has worked with athletes from baseball from golf all you know basketball all these sports so that's one of my main goal i've talked to one actually last week um and uh potentially another one here soon but that is that is one of my big goals um, i was going to ask you if know, you've reached out to some of the major representation firms with i think caa and i forget what some of the other ones are these days because there's so many but they've yeah. changed and merged but i'm thinking just like some of the, the massive ones mm-hmm. have you tried reaching mm-hmm. out to them and being like hey i'm i'm who i am um i've talked to i've like last year i had wasserman um but that didn't really fully work out because all the sports came back, I feel like, and it was uh, a busy time for them because they had all their athletes still. Um, and uh, had another buddy that works at a big um, company, but but he, again, in season, they got all their athletes and, and it's, it's hard. Um, so, um, yeah, definitely talking to one right now, and I would love to make something happen and, and work and, and just – feel like I have someone behind me that is actually really excited about going into a new sport and seeing what they can do, you know, because that's the hardest thing is, is they're entering a new sport that, that, that no one else has entered. So you're going to be <laughs> struck with a lot of no's. So you got to have someone that's willing to, to accept that and just uh, want to have fun with that challenge of what can I, what can I do in this sport? I want to be the first one to do it and I want to do it at the best of my ability. So it's like finding someone that has that drive and isn't scared to do that. 
Um, so, you know, it's kind of a, it's kind of a interview process at the same time of, you know, we're, we're, we're both going to have to be on board because even if they bring me a deal at the end of the day, I still have to be like, yeah, that's something I want. That's something I really like. And I want to support that because they might bring me five deals and I might not, not, not necessarily the money side, but the product or whatever it is in, you know, the offer I might not be a big fan of. Yeah. It doesn't align. You know, so, I mean, so yeah, exactly. So it's like, it, it, it takes both to really agree on something. And I mean, it takes three parties, you know, the agent, the player, and then the, the company that's doing the sponsorship. So, I mean, that, that's, it's hard to get all three of those to align. Well, because I can tell you, I had some, I had some, uh, some offers last year, but they just weren't, weren't things that I wanted to, uh, to promote or be, or be a part of. And, um, that was before there was even like number talks. It's like, no, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily want to do that. Yeah. I nailed CAA by the way. I I looked it up and it's, it's like one of the largest creative artist agency, football, baseball, basketball, all the sports. Yeah. I think if you look up Wasserman, mean, they're like top five too. Yep. But they're, yeah. I mean, they're, uh, as, they're huge. As Terry McGuire, I would just say stay away from Sports Management International, <laughs> where it <laughs> <obviously> worked. <laughs> you don't want to send Bob Sugar over there to help you out. Oh, jeez. You need Terry yeah. McGuire. Um, no, I, I think about you know you've obviously helped lead the way and and being in that position of having these opportunities. Then you've openly talked about the upsides and the downsides to selling ourselves short, selling some of our own athletes, selling themselves short. And I, I yeah. think of lots of different companies, whether it's Adidas and Adidas Terex and how that kind of un- mm-hmm. unfolded and, and yep. meld into something that wasn't quite, you know, how it started. Obviously you've, yeah. you know, had smaller things. I, f- I feel like with a, with like a Celsius, uh, a McCade, you know, those are just a few that I can think about, you know, more recently off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, y- what are maybe elaborate? What are some of the things that you're just like you're immediately shooting down that just like you just mentioned or categories? Yeah, category yeah. Or, or just something yeah. that just doesn't interest you at all. So, uh, like the first thing, so I was with Celsius, I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the thing that happens to some of these companies too is they get new like media marketing people like all the time. And so you just lose a contact mm. or you might just like, they might want to go a different direction because they feel like that one wasn't working. Uh, so Celsius, I did six months with them and that was like a back and forth for like maybe a month of negotiating. Cause they actually approached me and then uh, me and my manager, we, we talked with them and, and we, we found a deal. So it's easier when I had a manager rather than an agent. So like an agent would go out and get those deals to where a manager can kind of just negotiate them, uh, figure it out. And, uh, and we had a lawyer involved too. So anyways, it was like back and forth for about a month negotiating and things like that. And we finally settled on a number and when it would start. And, uh, sorry, I forgot where I was going with it, but yeah, but that was one that I liked. And then, um, earlier this year we had a G fuel reach out. And the first thing I do is like, I'm like, I want to try the products. I want to see if I like it. Like, so G Fuel sent G Fuel. I will say sent a ton of stuff, <laughs> products to try, but I just wasn't a big fan of them. Some people like them, and I just I, I couldn't have I could I tried them and I was just like you know this this ain't it. Um, so I just I I passed on it. Uh, I had CBD products, and um, just passed on them. Um, a lot of. YouTube ads and things like that to where they wanted to be heavy on YouTube and stuff, stuff like that. And I was just like, I can't promise that I'll be able to put a YouTube video out of month. Sure. And you know, if you want to do some other things, like we can work on something, but 
I can't, I can't promise you that. And uh, so I would just pass on it because they would really want to do that. Yeah. And, um, and just as two quick examples from the little YouTube that I watch, I think immediately of like your manscape, which obviously fits a lot of our, yeah, I would not do category. that. Yeah. Um, and then uh, it, it, like mud water is another one that I feel like sure. I see all the time or, or yeah. the the soap, uh, the same company that makes the soap. There's the, uh, there's uh-huh. some that just yeah the nutrient like greens or yep. the athletic yeah. greens or something like that. Those mm-hmm. type of things. Okay, yeah. Yeah. so not necessarily yeah. the that that. Um, yeah, what's the other one? DraftKings. They always do. Yeah. Okay, yeah. DraftKings. So the well, ad yeah. integration isn't something that you're necessarily want to be uh, committed to. Not necessarily, no, because sure. there are a lot of ad read opportunities, and I'm just like, I don't, I don't want that to just take up a ton of stuff and, and mm-hmm. videos and stuff like that. So, sure. um, you know, if I was like, yeah, I'm a heavy user of the Manscaped products, like, of course I want them in my videos. Sure. I use them, I, you know, I use them all the time. That might be a little different, but um, uh, yeah. So there, so there's things like that um, to where I've I've passed on those, but obviously I've taken the Celsius, I've taken uh, uh, McCade, and I have been working. Uh, actually, the the drop that happens Thursday has a lot of McCade in it, yep. to where we work together on, on collaborations with a lot of the polos and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, to where that's a connection that we made and we've kept in contact, but it just hasn't worked out for a sponsorship yet. Okay, uh, because they are a new brand. I think they started in twenty nineteen, somewhere between twenty seventeen and twenty nineteen. I think. Um, so they are a new company. They're a golf concept company, and and that's their focus. Even though you know they helped me out in disc golf they still need to get their self-established in golf, you know, until they feel like they are where they are. Will they, all right, let's, let's go check out disc golf and see, you know, carry it over there. Um, so until they feel like there's a, that's, that's the route that they want to go. We'll probably just have a close contact. And, and I really, really like their, their stuff. Um, I wear it probably a majority of the clothes that I wear. Um, it just seems like it fits the best and that's what I enjoy wearing. Other than that, it's it, there's no there's no money, um, so oh, I can't think of anything else on top of my head. <laughs> no, that's or what you good. mentioned. But no, that's well, and, and that's. I mean, I think as someone just said on the board, somebody says they respect you more knowing that you uh, you know you want to align with companies, whether it's their branding or their value mm-hmm. or not. You know, it's not just a check that you're concerned about. You definitely yeah. wanna, you want to have products that you believe in. Oh, yeah, you feel. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and how I, how, how I look at it too is, is I say this to quite a few players too. And, and, and people, um, that, that do try to get sponsors for players is, is for me, I know I'm at the top. I know I'm at the top of the sport, you know, when it comes to sponsorship and things like that, like people want my name next to their products and, and mm-hmm. pushing their products if possible, because of whether it's Instagram, YouTube playing, whatever, to where I know, like, like I'm just going to say, use Smashbox as, as an example. If Smashbox wants to sponsor me and you guys are offering me $5,000 for the year, and I'm like, all right, cool, $5,000, put your name on my back. I set the bar for the field. You know, like now, if if Smashbox wants to sponsor, you know, 25th player in the world, like you guys aren't sponsoring for $5,000. You're going like, we'll give you $1,000 to wear our name. Like I set the bar at five thousand. So why would you guys pay someone else more? Yeah, whatever, two fifty. Why would why would you guys pay anyone else more than five thousand if you're already paying the person at the top five thousand? You know, so like I feel like I'm setting that bar. So if I'm not saying no to a lot of these deals, I'm you know I'm putting I, I feel like I have that that pressure on me to establish these high numbers for these players that that are, are growing their brand or growing their, their, 
their career in disc golf. Um, so I do have to say no to a lot. If I just accept a ton, you know, $500 sponsorships, that's, I feel like that's, that's lowering everyone else's value. Yeah. And, and I'll say um, you've been very consistent with that message. And some, some may say, well, that's easy for you to say, you get to, you know, pick and choose who you want. But the the bigger picture is that for everything you just yeah. explained makes perfect sense that, um, w- as much as we love the idea of everyone getting some form of sponsorships and it's so exciting to get a sponsor, yet you have to still have that value that is worth yeah. it to them and to you. Yeah. And don't just immediately attach yeah. yourself. Now, it might be your friends and that's one thing, sure. but don't just sell out to everybody that's willing to offer you a hundred yeah. bucks for the year or you know, yeah. a, a free shirt. Well, and, and if I say like, let's say we'll go back to Smashbox. So you guys offer me 5,000. I say, no, like, I'm looking more for like fifty or hundred thousand. You're going to take your five thousand and go sign that twenty twenty fifth player in the world for five thousand. So instead of him getting two fifty, now he's getting a five thousand dollar offer. You know, like it, it does put me in a different spot. But you know, now I'm I'm by saying no, you might go approach another player and give them that money you offered me because you see a different value in that twenty fifth player now. Yeah, and you, you know, or something like that. You graciously let somebody else get some of that bag because you you, <laughs> you passed on us. You're a sweetheart. You're a real sweetheart. No, uh, we 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 could not have a show tonight in this timing with with a conversation about McCade and all the drops that are coming out. There has been so we we couldn't let this go. There has been a lot of, of chatter, a lot of opinions about the clothing line that drops in a couple days. This is an unpaid ad for that, by the way, uh, on the 25th. Uh, no, but there's been a lot of chatter. There's been a, a, a lot of people that do like it, but I feel like even more that have not loved it. So here's, here's or a great... expected something different. Yeah, here's a great opportunity to like give us your thought process and, and a little pull back the curtain, give us some insight as to what we're seeing and why we're seeing it. Because... There's there's a lot of opinions on it, and there always will be, but it seems like more than normal. Sure, yeah. I mean, I don't think there's much going on in disc golf right now, so everyone needs to find something to talk about. Yeah, I mean, uh, we so, have, our big problems are I what's think, Paul Macbeth wearing. Like, I guess yeah. we're in a pretty good spot, right? Yeah, so I think people need to put their comments somewhere, <laughs> um, so I don't, I don't mind. Um, okay. But, uh, but no, I mean, I think it's something that's not in disc golf. You know, like me growing up in Southern California, a lot of it was skate, streetwear, um, surfing. Like like a lot of my orig- first clothing were based on like Huntington Beach and like that surf vibe and like, uh, you know, kind of what I saw. Yeah, yeah what I saw growing up. Look, West, yep. So for the last like three or four years since I've had, uh, yeah, like last three years, like that's what a lot of my clothing has been behind. And for me growing up, it was a lot of like skateboard and like I said, like that kind of uh, influence. So this is the first time where I kind of went that way. Uh, and then some of the other ones kind of have that metal rock. You can call it, you know, a little bit more aggressive skate style, which again, it's not for everyone. Not everyone wears mm-hmm. the same style of clothing and that's fine, but there is mixed in, you know, you got the, the McCade polos and such and some other, some other things, but it just, I feel like there's not a big variety in disc golf right now. And that's fine. Like, Oh, there it is. Yep. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I, I, I didn't. You could put it in the background in the green screen. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tempt me, Paul. We're, we're going to make something work um, here. Uh, Johnny V for our audio listeners is trying to pull up 
um, you know, the what it's listed as the Paul Macbeth uh, yeah. made in L.A. collection. So you can kind of see on, on the sh- like the white shirt with the PM and the palm trees and stuff. It actually has like from where I grew up in Huntington Beach, it's got the freeway system to downtown L.A. and stuff. And and like this is what this is kind of this is where I grew up. This is where disc golf started in, in L.A. in Pasadena, California, L.A. County. I grew up in Southern California. Like this is kind of where it all started for me and where disc golf started. Um, so it's just a lot of influences um, of companies and brands that I've worn throughout my life. And uh, you know, it's not for everyone, you know, Southern California gets a lot of hate anyways. Uh, so sure. it, it makes sense like that. Uh, it's not, it's not for everyone. And that's okay. Like I'm not, no one's being forced to buy it or forced to wear it, you know, and it's, it's a style that I like, but I also wear polos all the time too, mm-hmm. you know? So I want to wear things that are off the course and, I want something that I can wear too. That's not just always my name. I really like those sweatshirts though. On yeah. The bottom and right now we've got pulled up uh, a bunch of these yeah. sweatshirts and what's called the six time collection. Mm-hmm. You know, th- and maybe it's a little bit of the colors. Uh, I see the red, yeah. the white, the black. I, I go to yep. a very, you know, Chicago bulls. Um, sure. You know, I, late nineties, obviously you're, you know, like you just said, an LA guy, you think of the, you know, the, uh, Lakers or whomever, you know, out of Chicago, mm-hmm. out of uh, California. But do, yep. do you ever? I also feel like there's a little Jordan influence in some of your style too. Sometimes, no, or am I just? Making I think that that's up? no, no. I definitely think there is in the sense of not for me personally. Like I think what Jordan's done is great, but I think uh, I think um, the guys at Discraft, uh, uh, the majority of their colors are red, black, and white as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is it is heavily Discraft influence as well as colors, but. Okay. Um, I don't know what it is, but everything in my life tends to fall towards those three colors. Like, uh, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, they're the disc I, golf I have, guy colors too. Red, black, white. Yeah, I, see, I, like, I, I, it's just, I guess, appealing to the eye. And, and red is probably the color I wear the least on the disc golf course. You know, it's yeah, probably the color you'll see me in the least. Red kind of Sunday guy. And white is the color I wear the least um, on the disc golf course. So now I'm going to have some new items that... I'll probably be wearing on the disc golf course because I got some red and I got some white. Um, and you know, like I said, it's not for everyone. I'm not. I'm not offended by what people say. It's their own opinion. And you know, I mean, I mean like fair, I, the I've best talked about. I heard was cool. We're all hating on Paul's clothing, and it's probably going to still sell out. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, I mean, you kind of got that yeah. going for you. It's just There's a specific no style. I mean, it's a yeah. West Coast style. I mean, it's nothing that mm-hmm. you or I grew up with. You know, we saw it. Yeah. We saw that well, on I'm, television I'm, and stuff like that. And it's 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 from your. It's very similar in Jacksonville too. I'm not like okay. It, I, I see it a lot in the in Jacksonville on the beach too. Okay. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, it's yeah, like you said, it's 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 definitely people think West Coast when they see it. Mm-hmm. Um. Have you been surprised at how many people have been so opinionated on it, though? I mean, I'm getting DMs, literally getting DMs from people like, oh, big best new clothing line sucks. I'm like, first of all, why the hell are you telling me? And second of all, it's pretty easy to just not purchase it. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just funny how worked up people are about it. Yeah. I mean, one of the funniest things is I've seen uh, comments that say, like, this person should be fired and, uh-huh. and this and that. And then, like, we just released some discs that are coming out uh, as well on the mm-hmm. on the drop. And, like, this artist should get a raise, and it's the same artist. Like, <laughs> it's a, the, he, I mean, he's expanding I mean, his portfolio. As, yeah. as as you know, an, a, I mean, an artist in general works off of, yeah. of a theme. You know, if, if yeah. people really, really enjoy, you know, th- these discs, i got to keep double-clicking. Yeah, those ones. Way. 
yeah, these discs right here, like here, yeah, these are the, that's the same the, artist. Yeah. yeah. The star, the starry, the, the artist works off of what you ask them to. If you tell him, Hey, I Correct. want more of a West coast style. I want this, this type of font. Mm-hmm. They work with it. That's what a good artist can do. If you say, here's the starry night theme, yeah. uh, you know, I want a Van Gogh <laughs> kind of thing. That's what this yeah. is. Or mm-hmm. we've got here, the, the lightweight, Macbeth signature discs or i think the next yeah. one is the the blackout blacked out lunas which i yeah i didn't even know those were coming out those are sick those are awesome and i'm hoping i get some yeah. so put in a good word for me Lula, too for julio yeah i'm hoping i get some too yeah mm-hmm. Terry, i haven't gotten sure any of those some. i've gotten the other ones and the lightweight ones there. feel really good i got some of the lightweight ones Do you, yeah. like what type of lightweight but, are we talking are we are like a, oh it says between 159 and 155 and 169 yeah, yeah. okay and the lsp yep and then uh the ones that people hate on really is the the VI, um, the ones that just have the VI stamp. But uh-huh. what people don't realize is, I don't know the last time that Discraft has ran solid colors either, like a solid white and a solid black, like yeah. in premium plastic. Sure, sure. So, but yeah, people are hating on the stamp, which is fine. Everyone's like, we want the claws, we want the claws. But like, you know, we'll we'll, we'll see if we want to do claws. Again, I think I'm totally six, kidding. We're I doing the cost. We're doing uh, the cost. Don't worry. Know, We're doing them. The bulls six We're, time. And, and yeah. again, I know that's maybe all far stretch, but between the colorway yeah. and the, the six, it just to me, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. you know, that those were the connections I was making, but nonetheless. Yeah. And, and, and we've had the claws done for the stamp and stuff done for since pretty much right after worlds, but you just, we just didn't have the time to do it. Like last time we did it when I won five, we did it to start the new year and um, mm-hmm. we did the four. It was when, you know, the first, first year I, I signed, you know, January, February is when they were released. So um, they, they have a they have a routine and, and that's how they want to do it. And that's kind of how the six are going to do as well. So they'll be probably in people's hands to, to purchase in January is my guess. Oh, the claws? I think retailers will. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was well, going to say, honestly, I was going to say, I'm okay if you don't do the claws. I mean, I understand it's a theme, but... It's, it's okay definitely that hard six to claws start out. to look weird. It's it's okay <laughs> to it's okay to change it up as well. I mean, yeah. you, you almost don't want to flood a market with you know. Yeah. Let's just do more claws yeah. and more claws and more claws. Yeah. Like cool, I've got nine claws it's, now. Or you know, it's yeah. at some point it's like cool. It's, let's do something. Wait, is there different. an octopus with claws? <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is one of those things too. where it's like you feel like it could get repetitive, but how can you make it? It's also fun to figure out how can we make it still feel like it's new. How can we make it feel like it's still exciting? Um, and uh, yeah, so so that's kind of the challenge for us too, is, is how can we make people still find the claws cool and fun and interesting? And and some people want to collect them. Some people want to throw them. You know, that's up to uh, the the people that buy them to figure out what they want to do with them. Yeah, I'm hoping to retire on my four claw uh, <laughs> that I held on to. So yeah, those, right? those, I've got one those bin, champion, that's it. Those Just champion rocks bin. aren't doing well, huh? <laughs> Uh, I, I've got those too. I can face value on those, but uh, and it was funny. I, uh, the last time, uh, uh, when your stuff first came out, that. there yeah. wasn't a ton of hype instantly, Mm-mm. and that's why I had a whole box or two or three boxes, like hundreds of them. I think I ordered like fifty or sixty of the Lunas, the Buzzes, the Zones, the Forces, the Undertakers. I got like sixty of each. I think Johnny got like five or ten of each of those within that I order. I got five of each one. And I held on yeah. to most of, most of the other ones, and people weren't losing their minds or, or freaking out at all, really, anything over them. So I did what I always do, which yeah. is I just stashed them, yeah. and that has turned out to be the smartest. A great, a smart great, yeah, because yeah. Yeah, so, I know a lot of people wanted to see if I even played well with Discraft first. I, I, you know, that yeah, was a lot I, of I wasn't worried. 
<laughs> All right. So I, I want to respect uh, not keeping you here too long. I know you got stuff to do. So my final question, which is really just an easy softball plug for you, is tell us, give us the latest on any uh, Paul McBeth Foundation news, accomplishments, projects. Uh, wh- where are we at with that? Yeah. So we uh, they either left yesterday or today. Uh, but the, we have a team in Africa right now. It's going to Uganda and they're going to Uganda, but they're installing courses in Uganda and Kenya. Um, and what's really cool about that is there is a huge university meet to where I think all the universities in Africa come to, are coming to Uganda to meet. And uh, the the team that's going there is going to teach disc golf to potentially thousands from all over Africa um, that are that are attending this this university meetup. Uh, and I, I think it's an athletic thing. I believe so. There's going to be a lot of uh, athletes there. Um, I wish I knew all the details, but um, I've been at tournaments, so I missed the last couple of meetings. But uh, <laughs> that's on me. Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, so Chandler Fry's there, Missy Gannon's there, um, and so those are two that I'll probably be updating a lot, uh, okay. depending on what kind of cell service and stuff like they got, or if they're doing videos that they might post later. But yeah, we got team in Uganda right now that's going to be teaching disc golf, uh, installing disc golf course and uh they're gonna be there for two weeks i believe um so i'm I'm looking forward to to hearing and uh chandler will probably be one to keep up on social media um i know we made a video not that long ago um so that's the last one this year in 2022 2023 we definitely have some projects lined up for me personally i'm going to be going to mexico to play the first pdj event at the paul mcbeth foundation course down there Mm -hmm. um i think it's february 9th through 11th okay um so that's in la paz mexico um and then yeah guatemala had a pdj tournament not that long ago where zoe and dustin and uh, uh a, a few were there and they taught disc golf to a couple hundred kids there if not close to a thousand i believe wow. um yeah so so a lot of uh a lot of people they taught disc golf because they i think they went beyond just the area this time they went and explored some other schools and, and regions in in uh, guatemala and uh, i think nicaragua was another one that we were putting a course in this year, and I think we're going to send a team there. Uh, hopefully, Kevin Jones. Kevin Jones has said if we ever go to Nicaragua, he wants to be involved. So yeah, because he, um, he spent a, a year there or something. Yeah, or he yes, was there. yep, that's where he learned all the Spanish and everything. Um, so uh, you, hopefully, we can get Kevin Jones to that one. Did you expect to have this much uh, expanse this quickly with the Paul McBeth Foundation? Like, obviously, there's there's optimal situations, but. Is, is this what you saw when you when you did this this soon? Because I feel like every two months yep. there's a new course going in from you. Yeah. So when we originally talked about setting this up, um, we were expecting 2023 to be our first project. Yeah. Uh, so we thought we we're going to have to fund and uh, get everything up and get out of the logistics. And, uh, you know, uh, 2021, because it was still covid and all that stuff mm-hmm. like the pandemic had had uh, still been in effect but uh we just we were like you know what like like so i think trump yeah trump was just about to leave office um so oh. there were there yeah there were easy easy way- everybody <laughs> easy uh, take it down a notch terry <laughs> yeah so he was just about to get out of office and apparently it was um that was the time to like try to really get this this uh, nonprofit off the ground uh, because he was very on board with uh, nonprofits and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so we kind of expedited that. And then we thought the project, we we're like, all right, we'll just get this in the works and we'll go and, and start to build it. But uh, there was such a positive in, uh, 
positive feedback from everyone in disc golf that we just we just went we went all in right then and there instead of waiting and trying to build it and uh yeah, I think we have like 10 courses in the ground or not. And we were talking like we could go bigger if we want to, but man, we're, we're putting, you know, four to six courses in a year. Um, so we're, 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 we're having the talks right now. And, and next month we have a board meeting or a, a retreat to where we're going to go over that is, is, do we want to push this up another level and, and do more courses in a year? Um, but we might have to double in size or do we want to just keep it how we're going now, put in four to six projects a year. Like we did Camden, New Jersey this year, the two courses in Uganda, the one in Kenya, Nicaragua. Um, and then uh, I'm forgetting one. There was one more, but uh, about five or six projects this year. So Chicago, right? That was Chicago was last year. So last year was Mexico, Chicago, Guatemala, Colombia, uh, so we did four last year for sure, uh, potentially more, uh, because there are more, there's a lot more that we're helping out that aren't projects, but we might be helping fund them, get baskets or just do things to where they might need a little bit more help. Yeah. I was but the say, big like, projects are where it's, or so, oh, Montenegro. Montenegro, Montenegro was this year. The one that I forgot, I forgot this year. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Exactly. When helping them be sustainable, not just put a course in the ground and let it go. And here, here you guys go. Enjoy. Uh, hopefully it stays there, but keeping up and maintaining and, and just keeping them sustainable and, and help promotion as long as we can until they feel like they can just, all right, we're ready to take it all and, uh, and do their thing with it. So, uh, um, yeah, it's been incredible to see. Um, and the first one we did in Mexico, it's, it's like some of the people there that learned disc golf when we introduced it with the foundation are playing tournaments in other parts of the Mexico. Some are going down to, um, I think one, one or two might've went down to Guatemala. Um, but, uh, like these projects are, are intersecting with each other now too. And they're, they're like going and supporting each other, you know, not just like now, not that they just know disc golf now, but they're going like, Oh, Mexico people are like, let's go to Colombia or Colombia or like, let's go to Mexico. And uh, you know, they're, they're, they're coming together in a way too, uh, to where, I mean, they're thousands of miles apart too. Um, yeah. So it's, 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 it's just incredible to see how much it's it's grown and and yeah i'm looking forward to doing that one in mexico so if anyone wants to to come down as well i'll be there all right uh, i got a cough sorry no <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna mute terry while he coughs in the background um well uh like you just you know as you said it's crazy to think that you were hoping to have your first project in 2023 and now it sounds like mm-hmm. you got a dozen or so or nearly you yeah. know, a 10 pack in the can and and obviously a ton more on the horizon and the the support that continues to to roll in and so many different entities and people i said that from day one the fact that it's it's not just a a a disc craft you know underwritten project and or themed i know you've worked very uh closely with doug bjerkis uh just as one example you've worked with disc mania you know the fact that you're you know cross branding these and a little bit agnostic to the various Mm -hmm. brands i think it, it just proves that there's a bigger overarching um, yeah. goal and and success that can come of it because of that, and not just being yeah. you know stuck in one lane. I think is is one of my favorite parts about it. Of course, you're doing all these incredible things, but the fact that you're you're reaching across yeah. the aisle, so to speak, um, and having all these people involved, I think is pretty awesome. Yeah. And, and yeah, the one thing to speak on that is I got to be thankful for Discraft because they are open to that and they know disc golf goes beyond me. It goes beyond Discraft. Like disc golf is, it's a worldwide thing. And, and, and 
no matter what, if Discraft's in disc golf, they're always going to have competition. So why not grow the sport together? Uh, and, and this is some way that they're, they're growing it well beyond just here in the U S you know, they're based here in the U S we're doing projects in the U S but, but you know, all these other countries that we've reached and be able to bring the opportunity to disc golf too. Um, because I know disc golf can, it has the opportunity that you can become a professional player. It has the opportunity to where it can, it can save so many lives and just find something that they need to do to where they can take their mind off certain things or find something that they can interact with other people. And, and, you know, there's so many of those disc golf save my life story, but also it's got job opportunities. Uh, so I think there's just so many different ways that it can just bring opportunity to, to people that we don't even know need that. So, uh, yeah, so I'm thankful for disc for seeing that. Um, and, and allowing me to do this and thankful for all the other supporters who have been a part of it. You know, like you mentioned, dynamic Disc and Doug Bjerkis and, and Ledgestone and, uh, and, and there's so many other companies that we haven't even worked with yet. Uh, sure. you know, Dismania has been a big, big help. Um, but there's so many other disc manufacturers that we haven't worked with and basket manufacturers as well. Yeah. Well, and, and like you said, the, the impact are felt, uh, both, uh, you know, are both obvious and maybe even a little more subdued and hidden, but they're all there. Yeah. And I think that's what's yeah. uh, been so incredible. So, yeah. uh, you know, well, last thing too, I was going to say, if you're yeah. free February 9th through 11th, I don't think they have, uh, anyone filming that event yet. So Ooh, um, you, I don't know if you have anything on your schedule. I, I might be in Thailand. <laughs> I was going to say, is that some, what, what a, what a, what a, a possible objection, but let me double check <laughs> schedules. Anything's possible. Uh, let me yeah. double check and see what is going on. But well, um, yeah, it, it's just incredible that the expansion continues to happen the way that it has. I know mm-hmm. um, uh, Dustin Leatherman had just reached out a few weeks ago, uh, you know, asking or, or telling us some of the things that are mm-hmm. in yes. the work. So it's great to hear. From, yes, he from is. Your own. He is someone that would be good to get on for 30 minutes and just sure. explain yeah. everything that's going on with the foundation. Uh, he's yeah, he's in the know. He is actually the executive. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I totally agree. We'll have them on and we'll we'll talk about, um, you yeah. know, exactly where some projects are at. And then what, you know, because that's always the first question is people say, how do we learn more? How do we uh, participate? Mm-hmm. How do we become, you know, a factor yep. here and, and uh, be a part of it? And I think that's yep. uh, all, all PaulMcBethFoundation.org. All right. Well, Paul, we wish you the best of luck on your drop this week. Hopefully somebody buys at least a shirt of yours. Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe one or two. I, I know, I, I know you're going to just be uh, sitting there with your phone, hoping, hoping that extra the day after uh, Thanksgiving dollars goes into your account. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, uh, in all seriousness, we, of course, we appreciate you joining us, giving us some insights. Uh, it's funny how little we talked about disc golf and, but yet disc golf playing, but yet everything else. And uh, there's no more, uh, better person to give us those insights uh, behind the scenes. And we, uh, the entire world appreciates it and your, uh, your honesty and, and uh, how transparent you are with everything. So uh, enjoy, enjoy some time on the pickleball courts. And uh, we look forward to probably uh, catching, uh, catching up with you in another month or so, maybe. Yep, thank you. And uh, yeah, happy Thanksgiving to you guys and, and anyone else that celebrates here in the, in the U S. So thank you all and uh, for letting me be here and uh, I'll see you guys next year all see right next say year. hi to the family say hi to nick there yes. for us all that yes. good stuff <laughs> thank you to Will everybody do. thank Appreciate you it. have a good night see ya good night. Right. see ya and paul Macbeth, your six-time world champion i'm thankful for paul
I wish he'd just get a shit together. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, the, okay, okay, maybe not. <laughs> I, I don't. Uh, I, no, in all seriousness, I don't know if there's anyone that has their stuff together more than him. <laughs> honestly, uh, I mean, yeah, and if he doesn't, he's got a he's he's, he's got a person for it. He's got a team and a person for it, and that's uh, equally as uh, admirable as you yep. know. If you can't do something. Uh, find somebody else that can. Shout out to Zach at the Paul Macbeth Foundation, who I was working with uh, with Skip Ace to do fundraising for the Paul Macbeth Foundation, sending out all of the prizes this week. Uh, they had to wait because Paul donated his players pack for the USCGC, which was an awesome players pack. It came with an umbrella, uh, like a bag, some discs, all sorts of other goodies that were inside. But the problem was they couldn't get his players pack until he came I think it was like down to Florida mm. to get it during, for Thanksgiving during the move. And so there was a little bit of delay on it. But ultimately, I believe that all went out this week. Um, so shout out to Zach. I appreciate everything that you do for uh, the Paul Macbeth Foundation. Well, it uh, was great. Now, I know I teased it out there just a few moments ago in the chat. And uh, I, I I don't know how we top it. You go... You, a night of world champions, and I'm just going to say that we're going to have another world champion. He's going to get himself set up in a moment, and uh, then we're going to bring him into the show. So there's one hint. But he's he doing it from a, the beach? He is a world <laughs> champion. I don't know if he's in a beach. Uh, I, I know he enjoys some time uh, in the water, near the water. Does. And uh, is, uh, is, is an outdoorsy type. But a world champion is retirement's be, treating him well. <laughs> uh, is going to be joining us here very soon, and some guesses that are coming in include Avery Jenkins, Nate Doss. Uh, I saw Nate was playing this last weekend out in uh, in California. It looks like I saw a shot from top of the uh, world. Uh, he was playing with Wes from Revolution, a huge band. I know they're good friends, and uh, they were able to get a casual round in out there. Um. Nate was a guest. James Conrad has been a guest. You know James enjoys uh, nature and the water. Felberg, Climo, a couple solid guesses. Dave Felberg. I haven't seen Dave Felberg at a beach. I've seen Ken Climo plenty of times uh, beaching it up in one way or another. Greg Barsby, that's another good question or a good suggestion. But looks like we're ready for a 2010 Multiple major winner and world champion and coach over at Emporia State University. We've got Emac Eric McCabe. What's going on, guys? How are you doing? Sorry to disappoint everybody. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> we just ran through every other champion from the last 20 years. Didn't mention Mr. Eric, but... <laughs> well, we threw him off. Uh, it, it, to be fair now, some of our viewers weren't around in 2010. They weren't playing disc golf. You already you already racked up a world title and then hopped right back in your element and said, let's grind it out uh, some more back in those right. days. Back in those back. days, Emac. In- How you doing, buddy? Doing well. How about you guys? We are great. So, so do we call you champ? Do we call you coach? Uh, what what's what's Mr. the designer sir Mr. designer sir uh Mr. Alaska what like what what's your what's do you make the kids call you champ or they call you coach <laughs> or they call you Eric oh. they, they call me coach and everybody at ESU on the athletics calls me coach as well which we'll get into it I'm sure here in a little bit but one really cool thing about this whole program is it's not a club it's mm-hmm. working with the athletics so it's 
you know, I'm having monthly meetings with the uh, the head coach of the the football team, the basketball team, the the volleyball team. So it's not just like, yeah, hey guys, we're gonna do this. You know, they're the ESU is doing it right. You know, they're they brought me in. I'm on the payroll at Emporia State University. Um, they gave me scholarships for every one of my players. So all of my players wow. are are uh, have scholarship money to go to to go to college and get an education and play disc golf and uh, it's been it's been awesome. It's been fantastic. So are you tenured yet? Can, did that happen already? <laughs> no. Okay. Already. So, <laughs> um, Not get that sweet pension. Yeah. So break down. I mean, you, I know you just touched on it, but what did what did ESU have to do to make this type of, or what does this commitment mean? Is a better question. What does this commitment mean to going? all in on such a significant level? How did those conversations come about to say, hey, this isn't just going to just be a club sport. This isn't going to be just, you know, 10 guys that are just hoping to show up for free spring break money like Johnny V and I did in 1998. Like this is obviously serious. So how did those conversations get started? So this past summer, it was actually while I was in Alaska, Doug Bierkus had called me and asked me if I had any interest in, in becoming the head coach of the uh, Emporia State disc golf team. And I had mentioned, yeah, you know, let's, let's hear some details on it. What are their thoughts? What do they want to do with it? Uh, how serious do they want to be with it? Um, they have a, 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 some money funding coming in from the city of Emporia as well. And Dynamic Discs is obviously on board as well. Uh, but it's just been, it's, it's, it's unique, right? It's a unique situation. There's, there's the collegiate scene is getting so big. I mean, there's so many regional events out there right now. The national championship every year has been growing into this, this massive event. And now people kind of have a choice, right? You know, if, if here's the thing, if you're a solid disc golfer out of high school, you do have a couple options, right? If 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 you're a Gannon Burr, you're probably not going to go to college. You're probably just mm-hmm. going to hit the road and and start, you know, cashing checks. I guess you would say, but uh, yeah. But there's a lot to be said for these players that are going to school and getting an education to potentially fall back on. And the the scene, the college scene, is amazing. The the disc golfers, how how good these players are now how much younger they're getting is just it's phenomenal it's it it truly is is your team made up mostly of people who already knew the sport and came in and you're helping out or do you have anybody that just like that didn't know the sport coming in and it's like hey i want to join the disc golf team and uh, at esu and i've got eric mccabe here to teach me how to play so we have i have i have eight guys and two gals and uh, it makes up uh, four four guys on each uh, the D one and the D team D two team or A and B however you want to look at it. Um, every one of them knew what disc golf was. You know, we had tryouts over the summer where I think we had fifty people come out and and try out for this disc golf team. So we had a lot of people interested that were already enrolled. I did convince a few players to enroll in school. Uh, one of them, Alexis, he's uh, he's one of our guys. He worked at Dynamic, and he was looking for something to do, um, looking at the next chapter in life. And going to school was was absolutely one of those. So I've got I've got him going to school. Um, we had a guy, Grant Yoder, is another one of our players that that moved to Emporia for disc golf. Uh, his reasoning was the tuition was about the same as the colleges in his area, but coming to Kansas, he could play disc golf. 
So that was one of his big reasons, you know. So all of my guys had played disc golf. It was my my two girls. The the one of them had played disc golf. I actually met her on the disc golf course. She is a uh, starter on the volleyball team, actually. So she's very athletic. Just played disc golf casually for fun, those kind of things. But um, Rebecca, her name's Rebecca Thompson. She is brand new. This girl has been playing disc golf for three weeks now. And uh, we all took a trip to Jonesboro last weekend for an event. And her first ever, can you imagine this? Her first ever competitive round of disc golf was played on the FPO layout at Jonesboro. <laughs> like, that's her. Th- I mean, yeah, I mean, it, she just saw what Kristen Tatar did and just had to, you just say, okay, just do what she did. Because Emporia isn't yeah. short. I mean, you guys have the two or three, arguably within, you know, 20 minutes. Pretty championship caliber courses if you want to play them, but you also have a, a, a gosh Peter every and, every corner has a disc golf yeah, basket, exactly. but you know a lot of beginner friendly courses. So, did she get a chance to play at like Country Club or or Jones Gold beforehand, or was like is it just like hey we're gonna play at the community college and then you're going to <laughs> Jones pretty much Bro. pretty much. He played a lot of uh, a few rounds over at Hammond, which, as you know, is a nine holer, very beginner friendly, right across the street from the country club. But she had never really opened up on a course, and and never, never played Jones, never played country club or anything like that going into this event. But the one one positive thing for her was um, she played doubles, so it wasn't like it was mm-hmm. all on her shoulder to go out and, yeah. and perform, but. Uh, but it was it was impressive, you know. These girls went out and performed and ended up in second place. I mean, they 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 battled. I mean, I think that's kind of the nature of the beast when it comes to uh, the women's collegiate disc golf. Potentially, I think there's a lot of newer players that are involved. I think even the national championships uh, have have some newer ladies mm-hmm. involved playing that division. But um, but it's growing and and she's hooked. We went down to Winfield this past weekend and competed in an event. We had the Kansas State Doubles Championship here in Emporia this weekend as well, and I convinced those two to play. And it wasn't a college event; they're just hooked. They just are looking for any any time that they can play disc golf. So this weekend they played that, and that was at Supreme. So they both partnered up and went out and played Supreme and, and had a, a heck of a time for sure. So you, you'll have to maybe make it a little bit more clear for me because I I'm thinking like I'd heard something while you guys are like the number one ranked team now. And yeah, is, is that, how does that work? Because is that part of like uh collegiate nationals? Are, are you going to go to, are you guys going to go to, are they still do it at the Hippodrome <laughs> um, uh, no. or they rotate or I don't even know anymore where they play it because they play it every year in the, in the spring, I believe. Is that what you're qualified yep. for? Are you like, are you going to beat the established teams that are there now? Is that what I'm hearing? So I don't try to put expectations out for myself or the team or anything like that because those, you know, you know what happens when you put expectations mm-hmm, on the line, especially if you're, if you're telling young kids, hey, we're going to win this. You know, it, it, there's a there's a way to do it. Uh, but, yeah, so the regional events that the college disc golf hosts, those are all qualifiers now. It used to be you could just sign up for the nationals. Now it's not like that. You have to qualify for it. And the event in Jonesboro that we actually attended was a qualifier. And okay. we won that event by six strokes over, uh, I think it was Mississippi State and Missouri. And Missouri was the current number one ranked team in, yep. the, in the nation. 
Mm-hmm. So we took them down by six or seven strokes, and they are the returning champions as well. From They won nationals last year in men and women. So that's, I think, how we catapulted up into to number one. We were number four after winning an event, um, more of a conference event, which is like what we've mainly played in up until now is these conference events where, you know, you're, you're going up against local schools around your area. Um, but – the season is a little weird, so it kind of goes through the winter. Um, we don't have another event on our schedule, an official event, until February now, but we're going to use this off season to keep comp- or keep grinding at least, and I, I got some connections with uh, the University of Missouri to meet up in, in Kansas City, actually bring both teams and do some scrimmages, and it's only going to be good for both parties, right? So... Um, how the world ranking or the national rankings work, it's, it, it's usually after every regional event, I think that they, uh, they change those. And I think winning events every week is, is a hundred percent how you, you stay on top. And, and that's what we've done. We've played three events and our D one team has won three events. Well, I, I, and I, I've been listening to all this while doing some looking around at some of the, the college disc golf graphics. Uh, and I know it looks yeah. like they have a few more details on their Instagram than they do on their site. And uh, immediately I see uh, Shelby uh, Ebert uh, has is in the top 10. She's in seventh uh, right now uh, for Emporia State on the women's side. And then uh, you can go through all the individual men's uh, rankings as well. It looks like this was posted just a few days ago and clearly quite active. And that's why, just as you mentioned a moment ago, you talk about a season and we, we almost have to re refocus and realign what a traditional traditional season has been you know somewhat january to december or february Versus a school to year season and now we're looking at you know more traditional school year type seasons uh but i see obviously active there was a texas collegiate championship um uh, that's taking place. And then it uh, says the March to Marion, the national championships in Marion, North Carolina, April 5th through the 8th. And so, yep. um, yeah, it's, it's really incredible um, what this all started as when all, all of us were much younger and you're just like, Oh yeah, sure. College disc golf. And now we hear it's, we had to start a club. We literally, you and I yeah. and a couple other guys started a, a UWM club, um, which obviously isn't, wasn't official that was just hey anyone could start a club for more or less anything they wanted you just had to fill out some paperwork and then and work some things so back then there there weren't there were no teams yeah this is you know so much more to it so which means we still have some eligibility we can sign up at esu yes we got four yes. years of eligibility I, i've hey, called emac a lot of things coach is gonna be should be the next, next. emac you can shave I've, sign I'll- up scholarships we can i've got a 33 year old playing for us right now so Heck we can make yeah. it happen yeah. Uh, uh, what's the master's program look like there? Can I come get a good <laughs> master's degree in something? Got a master's degree, so she graduates in December next month. All right. Well, I, it sounds like I got to move Google. to Emporia. That's just a long commute. Google. Uh, I ain't that smart. I I was just saying the other day, I don't know if a master's would help me at this stage in my life. I don't know if I'm helpable. Anyway, uh, so clearly, I think a huge component of this is that there was a conversation early on with Doug, uh, the president of Dynamic Discs, the integration with the city of Emporia, the integration with Emporia State. Like, this is all very 
very cohesive. And what an opportunity for you who, you know, you have these things you're really interested in and you've worn the hat of team manager, you know, some product development, course design, which is definitely a huge passion of yours. And now this on your plate where, you know, if, if you were, if you had a Frisbee, you know, and that, that represented your piece of your, your pie, what, what is college disc golf? How much uh, of, of your pie is that taking up? Ooh, that's a great question. Well, enough to uh, have me eliminate the team manager portion of my, okay. my job. So okay. I'm done with this point. I'm, I've moved on from that, which I'm very happy for um, to, to be in this new role. It's, it's kind of similar, right? You're still like you're sure. still overseeing players, uh, maybe not as many. I think it was 150 or something like that that I was doing before, and, and 10 a little easier mm-hmm. to keep track of. But uh, it... it it honestly takes up quite a bit more time than you would think. Um, so my plate is basically now just this college disc golf and course design. I'm still I'm still involved in a lot of course designs, and obviously I have all summers to do it. I have most of the winter I can do it, which is really when you want to be designing courses anyway. So mm-hmm. it's it's taken up a good portion of my uh, my my time right now, and. And you know I'm I'm the one that's driving these kids to these events too. You gotta you gotta remember that I'm like checking out vans. At the, so get this, we for Jonesboro we had You're an the only one old enough to rent a car, <laughs> right? Uh, no, I got one other guy that can do I, it. But no, it's, it's, it's giving me a car, giving me one of their vehicles to to drive down there, and, and a. A, a gas card and here's here's you know a, a credit card for hotels for you guys to stay in and all that so Damn. you know Emporia State's really doing it right I can't stress that enough but uh, we did have uh, an 11 passenger van 11 people and all of our gear going to Jonesboro a couple weeks ago uh, seven and a half hour drive or something like that so we really got to know each other yeah it was great. close quarters Good. yeah who got, yeah. So you you drove. So does that mean you got to pick the radio station? Are, are you're just like nineties at nine, guys. That's all we're doing. <laughs> it was eighties at eight. Eighties uh, and eight. Wow. All right. <laughs> yeah. uh, you guys are going to hear a little Whitney Houston before she uh, took it. <laughs> anyway, I want to dance with somebody. So uh, that's awesome that you get to do all of that. And I think it's a fair question. Is is there any implied or overt um, obligation for what these players are throwing? Absolutely not. Um, if they want free discs, they're <laughs> going to throw dynamic. Okay. If they want to buy destroyer and throw that, I'm I'm okay with that. That's you know I'm not I'm not trying to hold these kids back on on only throwing one particular brand. Now I will say. Uh, Dynamic has really stepped up and given each one of them a Ranger bag, uh, a small allotment, uh, some apparel as well. So, so they're going to be looking good out there. Um, but they, they, it's not, it's not forced on them to throw uh, the, the three brands. It'd just be funny if there was like some tax every time they go out to the internet. Every other brand is like three times as much to purchase, or they could get the free yeah. stuff. No, that's the, again very generous. Uh, uh, roughly, I mean, do you feel like most people are, are they leaning one way or another? Not not necessarily a brand, but do a lot of people lean into uh, DD? Which seems like with you as a coach, it would be also just a 
a, fam- a familiarity thing. Like mm-hmm. it would be that much easier to be like, hey, if I throw, I know what trespass, a trespass does. Yeah, I mean, it, have they have are they learning their own ways? You know, that's that that goes without saying, right? Everyone has to have an Emac Truth in their bag, but yes, yes. Um, if they don't no, throw think, it, you must carry it otherwise, or an Emac Judge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Either one, I'm good. I'm good. Uh-huh. No. Uh, no, not at all. Uh, yeah, they. A lot of them have been really. I mean, a lot of them were already throwing dynamic sure. uh, already ahead of time. You know? So, so yeah. And like I said, if they want, if they want the free discs, they're they're gonna throw they're gonna throw our brands, and and that's great. You know, if they want to, they do. If they don't, they don't. Um, you know, one thing dynamic is doing right now also is we have a, a lucid glimmer emac truth on our website, and all the proceeds are going to the team as well to help with i mean there's there's a lot of funds that go into it right there's a lot of uh costs of of entry fees there's um hotels gas you know there's just a lot of money that goes into apparel all that fun stuff so there's there's this fundraiser on on our website as well and uh the proceeds are going to the players so it's kind of cool to see i wish i'd have known that i just bought literally in the mail yesterday i got five of the new supreme uh, escapes, I think. Well, yeah. then you're not doing it right because I saw the post from Emac, and I was just going to say if I can find it right now, I'm going to link to it. I, I uh, ordered them when the Supreme ones were announced, so I don't know if I saw that post yet. Nah, uh, see, see, you, you got to be the looking same for Emac day. deals. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so yeah, we'll put a link to it uh, once I can find it here in a moment. Um, is there? What's been the most surprising? thing and, and i know it's somewhat in an early stage but for you given this role you know given your experience uh your knowledge in the game and then and then where the game is at today versus you know when you won your world title even but what's been the most surprising thing about this experience in its in its early stages here i think a couple things come to mind i think the first thing is the success that we've had so far um, you know, none of these players, a couple of them knew each other, but not very many of them had, had known each other going into it. And, uh, the format that they play is a little unique. So adapting to that has been, been pretty good. You know, it's been solid. And, and I think winning at Jonesboro was, was a big surprise for us. And it, it's a, a big motivator too, as, as well. Um, and I think the other thing would be how open arms everybody in Emporia State has been. You know, I work with the athletic director. That's my main contact at uh, at ESU. So in, in monthly meetings, it's 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 insane. You know, we're talking budgeting. We're talking about upcoming things that are happening to, at Emporia State. And, you know, it's not just, uh, yeah, we're going to do this and then let's forget about it. Right. You know, I mean, it's, you know, they're following through with it. I mean, scholarships for players. I know, I know the Oklahoma Christian university has been doing scholarships. Uh, they did, they did them this year as well. And I think I read somewhere that Winthrop university is looking to get into it mm-hmm. and do some scholarship type stuff as well. So I'm just, just really thrilled to be in at the ground level, right? Where we're, we're starting to do this and hopefully more universities catch on and hire a coach an assistant coach and give these kids salaries or, or scholarships technically to, to come to their universities. And, and that's what Emporia state's doing. You know, they want tuition, they want new people coming to town to get an education and live in Emporia. So, uh, it's a win-win for us. And we we're really hoping that more universities catch on. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's, this is multi-level in the fact that, 
like you just said, there's a tourism component to it. There's a, the school and the sheer education component to it. There's an athletic side and, and uh, you know, the sports development side of it. There's so many different layers that can all be beneficial here. Um, how many other schools, and I know you haven't been to, you know, quite everything, but how many other schools have a, a dedicated coach that you would say is, is your equal in terms of what they're doing and the commitment that school has given to that coach. Do you feel like that's your, are you one of only three that exist or are there 10 of you across the country? I would, that I'm aware of, I'm only aware of two or three others that have a, a, an actual coach, you know, um, helping out with things. Now they have like captains or, or people that are involved in one way or the other. And, ironing out details and whatnot, but majority of those people are players too. So yeah. they're, they're playing well. So, uh, as far as I know, I'm, I'm one of two or three across the, the country. I'm sure there's more and I'm sure I'll learn about more and meet more. But as of right now, that's, that's really all that I know of. Yeah. Which is, uh, crazy. And, and I, you know, I <laughs> funny, uh, a few weeks ago, I, I kind of blathered on, on my own little podcast about just disc golf jobs. And now here's yet another one you can add to that list that we didn't see coming 10 or 20 years ago, that the reality is someone like yourself or having some role or capacity uh, that's attached to having a disc golf team, you know, whether it's directly with the university or in some kind of support mechanism, it's incredible that here's yet another unique opportunity that just didn't exist years ago. And uh, it's, it's mind-blowing awesome. almost. Who teaches the forehand on the team? Oh, hey. you had to go there. You what a Ooh. ouch! I, I can kick him off. Well, that, that, that's a that's a 2000s joke right there because none of us threw him. That's a fact. Hey, me and James Conrad. Me and James <laughs> Conrad. Exactly. <laughs> Felberg, too. Let's be yeah, honest. Felberg, Felberg I was didn't just say. Yep. What is is that? What practice is? Do you guys go out and do like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna work on putting today. We're gonna we do throw five hundred putts or whatever, and you know we're gonna you know today we're gonna do, do you teach different particular shots? Is it more mental strategies, tournament strategies? A little bit of everything. We'll do a lot of of, of scrimmages of like one on ones. I'll do one on ones with players if they want some help on their form or anything like that. But a lot of it with disc golf is just repetition getting out there in a the field and throwing 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 putting 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 um i will i will say one thing that was really cool for one of our practices is we had uh ricky in town mm-hmm. and i had ricky come out uh, um, a clinic for us which was huge i mean that's just big it just helped each one of them new players build confidence at rebecca the girl that i had mentioned this was her first introduction to disc golf was ricky wysocki and learning from ricky wysocki insane right that just doesn't happen and uh the only reason that she really got into it and wanted to play was because shelby our other gal uh wanted to play but wouldn't be able to play in events if we didn't have another lady and she just stepped up to the plate and said hey i'll do it i'll give it a try let's let's see what happens and and she's pdga member now and and playing solo rounds by herself and it's it's pretty pretty much a big deal it's pretty awesome are you are you going to pull any strings to get like, uh, we'll say like a Holland Hanley or, you know, Kona or whomever to come in? You know, some of the other uh, F- Valerie Mondahano. Mondahano is a great example. You know, any of the other females other on celebrity the- guest uh, guest coaches and, and helpers. You've got a little bit of pull, I've heard. Yeah. 
anytime one of our players, I don't care who it is, is coming through town, I'm going to, I'm going to try and get them to come out and, and just to talk a little bit, you know, even if it's just playing a few holes with these players, you know, um, the, the lady side would be fantastic to have a, a, a Val or a, a Kona, a Holland, any, any of our gals, really yeah. a Kristen, if she's ever in, in Emporia, that would be huge. Um, but yes, absolutely. That's that's a no brainer for me to have those those guys and gals come in and and throw some knowledge down on our players. Yeah, it's um, such a you know obviously being not only an employee of DD and being as connected as you are to have those opportunities. Not every even your best you know uh, sorry your best. Uh, colleges, I think of a Ferris State, I think of a of a Mizzou, Missouri, you Missouri. know, and I think of them. And and sure, they their location may occasionally have somebody roll through town if somebody knows somebody. But the fact that you you like you just said, there's almost a, a contractual you know pat on the back and and most uh, of the players at least come to Emporia sometime, sometime early in the another. season <laughs> to either restock their discs or you know do, do media shoots or media and, things like that so it's uh, it's a nice little advantage you have yeah yeah exactly i'm honored to be a part of it for sure and and what's going to be fun moving forward is recruiting right going to yeah. junior worlds or us juniors or any junior event or you know whatever and and talk to these kids and say, Hey, do you want to come to school? Do you want some money? I've got some money for you. If you want to come play disc golf at Emporia state university. So, you know, that's, that's, that's another thing that I'm really looking forward to, uh, in the, the upcoming years. Wow. Imagine Emac going to like someone's house to meet the parents, <laughs> yeah. like the whole recruiting visit. Like I'm yep. going to, yep. yes, yes, Mrs. Smith. I will make sure your son gets a great education here at ESU, but you have to understand he's got to dedicate time to disc. Like, and instead of opening up like a briefcase or your golf bag, you, you pop open a, a pop-up, you know, recruit basket or something and you just set it up in their living room and like, yes, these are the, some of the things we can get. Yeah, you I, Cause I never thought about recruiting at like a junior or anything. Cause you've got the junior under 18 that you know some of those kids are probably want to go to college some of them like I said you might have your once in a generational player like Gannon Burr that's going to forego that we know that that's going to happen but a majority of the kids are probably going to want to have something because they're not they're not all Gannon Burrs you know we've seen that yeah absolutely right and I mean I've already got a, a couple couple kids on my mind of of you know seniors in high school this year that are going to be transitioning and, and potentially going to school uh, next year. And I'm, I'm pretty excited about, about a couple of them for sure. So sweet. Well, now that we're finally on the Terry McGuire talk, I want to talk about <laughs> my finders feet. No, I'm just kidding. Um, okay. yeah. no, no, I, uh, again, you know, I know we, we talked about Holland and, and how she was such a great fit. She, you know, threw a lot of West side and, uh, dynamic branding. And that was, that was the, I felt like the easiest thing for in the world for me to be able to do. Cause it wasn't really a, a hard sell for you or a hard sell for her. It was just really a match, a match made in heaven. Be, yeah, a match that needed to take place. And uh, I'm, obviously, I'm just super glad that it could. Um, when you're when you're looking at these uh, these college age players, and I think about how dynamic specifically 
stepped up and was the the title sponsor of the Maple Hill Invitational last year, uh, a college based event where Steve brought in uh, Mizzou and and Ferris State and and six other colleges and Dynamic, uh, he said, was basically jumped at the opportunity to be the presenting sponsor of it on a. On, I don't want to say a last minute, but on a very, you know, um, tight timetable. Tight timetable is a good way to put it for Dodge and uh, put it together. It was a phenomenal event. I got to meet some of these teammates. Do you feel like it's a no brainer that DD as a company gets more in the college hosting business? You guys already run events. That's one of the many things that you do so well. Is it now a no brainer where? You guys are hosting college-based events now with this stronger tie and bond that you have? Oh, absolutely. And not not just sponsoring events in, in other places, but potentially running yeah. a big regional event right for you as well, you know, bringing other universities here to town. And, and I think that makes a whole lot of sense for us to do. Uh, the current regional event is at the farm down in Winfield, a course I designed that I'm very partial to. So I'm, I'm very excited for that one to happen this year, too. But we're going to be sponsoring it. I believe we're going to be title sponsor of it as well. But um, talking with Derek Savory, who is our, our sponsorship coordinator, he's he's already had some universities reaching out to him to not just sponsor events, but sponsor teams as well. So there's a lot of that. A lot of these teams are looking for those kind of things. And, and for us to be a part of it on the ground level makes makes a whole lot of sense. Cool. I, I can't say it enough. I know that, uh, you know, Steve... Dodge specifically had watched the college nationals, you know, in early April. I think he was saying he's kind of watching it uh, at home throughout that weekend. And then it like a light bulb went off. Like it always does with Dodge. He's like, wow, college disc golf that needs to happen here at Maple Hill. And, and just like that, you know, a month later uh, there, you know, the event was taking place and it was pretty cool that, you know, he helped facilitate and orchestrate all of that. And it was a really good time. And a lot of people, you know, all these participants, Got to come play Maple Hill under some legitimate pressure and and with some fun, but also some pressure. So it makes also, sense that uh, DD gets on board and and is is a host of one or many things as well. I think they do it at Winthrop as well, right around USCGC, the Dean's Cup. Uh, yeah, Isn't the Dean's what Cup takes place. Yep, exactly. Yeah, the finals are usually what's uh, Saturday morning. Well, traditionally, it's been Saturday morning before the round started. Yeah, I remember always. In for my rounds and or pulling in for a round one day and seeing those guys out on hole five already playing. So yeah, yeah. that's that's pretty cool. You get to play a course like that has got to be special for those kids. And that was the exact Maple philosophy Hill. at Maple Hill. Yeah, is like, hey, you're gonna play the golds. And then when Steve asked at the end, uh, he asked the the winning team. He said, "Do you guys want to go jump in the pond?" And all I kept thinking is, a yes, of course, and b you you may or may never get a legal opportunity to again jump in that pond, especially as a champion. Yeah, you're going to take it up. And, of course, they all did. That was that was the right move for sure. Uh, all all right. Kevin. Is there anything else before we, we just quickly touch on a couple other topics that are unrelated? Anything else in college disc golf that, uh, that we or the world should know about? Man, if you're if you're a, a college student, look into the club that's potentially at your college, and if there isn't one, start one and and get a team together. And you know, it's not a there's not a whole lot of of backing behind it or funding that you really need to have to do it. There's there's a a fee you have to have for the college disc golf uh, to be a member, but um, but for the most part, yeah. If if you guys are out there and, and you want to get something going. 
make it happen. Just do a little research on the college disc golf website. It's a little slow of a website. I will admit that. But, um, but there's a lot of, of information on there that, that'll help you get started for sure. Well, these are college age kids that are savvy enough to jump around. And if I think back to 1997 and if me and Johnny V can get a, a disc golf club started at <laughs> UWM, uh, when the internet was just getting started, I, I think the kids these days, uh, we had a live journal. Yeah, that's true. That's true. We, we had a lot of things going on those trips. That's another story. Back when we were in college. All right. Uh, oh. Just to, <laughs> go ahead. No, uh, no. Yeah, that's not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of quick hitters. Uh, Ray, a regular out on the board, just said, uh, I'll say, have you either watched and or if so, what are your thoughts about the DGN on tour docuseries? Uh, you and Kona are featured a lot. Um you know, I know you were pulled in and, and had a lot of conversations as well. Uh, have you had a chance to watch any of the docuseries? I think the fourth one dropped today. No, no, they no, didn't. Did they skip no, it? They're skipping. They're waiting till December 5th. They're skipping the holiday season to give the editors oh. just a little bit extra time and a break for the holidays. Okay, so three of them are out because then I've watched three, that means. I, yeah, I watched a couple of them. Usually if I get a notification that something like that will drop, I'll, I'll go and watch it. But otherwise, it's it's I don't, honestly. Okay. Um, but they've been great. The the couple that I did see have been great. Everything that they're doing over there has is, is been pretty phenomenal, actually. It's really good content, and um, it's what's needed, right? This mm-hmm. off-season content. And, and to keep viewers engaged and to keep that uh, the Disc Golf Network, uh, you know, price tag. Subscriber base, yep, yep. Worthy yeah. and, and uh, doing a great job over there. Um, and then um, any... Any big things, you know, or, or maybe a better question would be, do you, how much do you influence any big major changes and or considerations for, you know, the, the dynamic dis open? Anything that, any tease or, or is it kind of status quo for 2023's dynamic dis open? It'll be in June. Okay. It's not going to be April or May this year. Um, there will be... I don't know if this is public news. Yeah, I think it is that the Glassblown Open's coming back. It's been yep. it's been announced, I believe. But that we are bringing the Glassblown yep. Open back uh, in that that normal March, April, May, whenever time time frame. Um, we're going to bring it back, and then the Dynamic Discs Open is going to be in June. And right now, I believe it's going to be all rounds at the Country Club. I believe is how we've decided to do it. Uh, Supreme is great. I love how it played. I think majority of the players enjoyed it. The biggest problem is spectating out there, parking out there and all that. And that's, that's going to be bigger and bigger issues further down the line with these park style courses, honestly, and, and thick woods courses as well. I mean, we've already kind of seen some of that, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, well, I guess off track, but, uh, to answer your question, uh, I'm not heavily involved with dynamic discs, open decisions or anything like that, but, uh, but uh, yeah, any any decisions that are coming down the pipeline that, that they need some more topic on or whatever, uh, I do set on the board still at Dynamic Disc, so um, I'll be a part of those decisions and, and conversations. But for the most part, Jackie has uh, has done a phenomenal job uh, getting the Dynamic Discs open into this huge event uh, and, and continuing it as a huge event, and um, the Glassblown Open as well. I'm very excited for that. 
Yeah, okay, she, okay, she really is phenomenal. Yeah, she is. Uh, I agree. I, I have to quickly then get clarification. Somehow I, I, I missed the memo. Put me on your email uh, list, people. Uh, what? I want all the internal uh, updates and information <laughs> sent to me, please. I'll reach out to Doug. Um, so glass blown open, will that be the... The two thousand person ordeal, or whatever, the huge ordeal, and then, and then dynamic disc open. Are we looking just MPO and FPO? Is that the distinction that's being made? I don't know how I don't know this, but I guess that's what I'm. Correct. Is that is it? Oh, yeah. Yep, that's what we're going to be doing, and the the glass blown open is going to be amateur only. Okay, so no professional divisions of any kind. Correct. Well, that's that's what I'm 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 understanding. I believe that is what the decision was made. And we don't have the courses either to to host thousands of people, like like thousands of different divisions, et cetera, et cetera. So the last I heard, the decision was amateur A tier and um, dynamic discs open DGPT Elite Series event. Okay, Man, really, really leaving out us pro masters, aren't you? Yeah, Gosh, yeah. Where are you at? Come on, bro. The three of us no. are going to have to run our own flex start. Let's do it. There will be plenty of flex start for sure. So. No, I, I did hear about the GBO a couple weeks ago, like a week or two ago. I'd seen that it was on okay. the schedule. Um, I, I'd seen a post about it. I don't think there was like a big formal announcement by DD, for instance. Well, but, there's an exclusive one right here right now. I mean, Smashbox exclusive. Sure, yes. Let's call Even it that. Been out there. <laughs> but yeah, I did see that it was going to okay. be an amateur only event. Uh, it, but I, I'm, I, I'm excited. There is enough that we could talk about. Let's hear it. If you want. Yeah. Uh, like. The Meyer Lake Classic is coming back again next year, and it will be an A-tier. So that's going to be big for us. Uh, has it, we haven't had an A-tier in Alaska since King of the Hill probably, what, four years ago now at least? The year I was Has it been? Did I help kill that? Four years ago. It's been. They've had it here. So uh, it's pretty cool to have that one back. Uh, Steve-O Story from Texas is obviously going to go up, up there with me again. Um, and our... Assistant TD will probably be Derek Savory, and uh, I'll be up there as well. It'll be July. Okay. I believe in July upcoming year, so. Okay. Do you want to do anything? Yeah. No, that's, you know, I I was at one of the King of the Hills. I I think the second to last King of the Hill was the one that I was at. Um, You know, a great property and a lot of fun, and it just wasn't fully sustainable with with their setup. And then I know you guys have gone on and – totally different property and have made, uh, you know, the phenomenal course that you have. And I know uh, everyone that's been up there has raved about how much they enjoy playing there and the great course that it is. So, uh, yeah. Excited. Okay. Uh, that's exciting. Um, yeah. It, it sounds like, is there anything else that you can fit into your pie or onto your schedule at this point? Cause it doesn't sound like there's much more that you can take on or is there? No, fishing. Okay. Does that count? Yeah. I mean, I mean, if, yeah, I guess the weekends. No. Um, as far as like work goes, no, my plate is beyond full. Uh, if, I mean, I've got, I've probably got four or five course designs in the queue, uh, that I'm, that I'm currently working on. I think I've done around 10 this year. So it's, it's pretty average, I would say, um, on how many courses that I've designed per year. Now, if it was just course design I was focusing on, obviously you could do a lot more. But uh, with with the ESU taking up some of my time, and uh, yeah, course design has been 
still there. It's still happening. I still absolutely love doing it. It's uh, it's still uh, a very big passion of mine. So very cool. And um, just thinking about the overall year that we saw, not just from you know Dynamic Disc, but you know obviously you know Trilogy. We see uh, West Side continuing to grow, which I know is a is kind of a shared child with you guys in Latitude. Um, is, is there anything? That, you know, we saw, well, let's just go right there. The new line of plastic. Um, Supreme. Where where do you, where did that, what was the impetus to that? What was the thought process? And, and, and or maybe just tell us if you had no part of that. No, um, it's, it's similar to the Royal Grand line. So okay. like the, uh, the Rive, the Grace, all of those discs are all made in this. Uh, specialty plastic it's it's next next edge technology it's it doesn't have the flashing on the bottom the way it's manufactured Mm -hmm. um latitude went at it a different way they they wanted to introduce new molds in this this lineup we wanted to revisit some of our older molds and um put a new spin on it right new plastic new durability but in order to do that with this new manufacturing you have to have a new mold made. So we had to get new molds made for each one of the discs we're going to come out with this. Uh, you're going to see uh, the Escapes already dropped. You're going to see the Judge come out um, next month, actually. And then the Trespass will come out 2023 along with the Fugitive, uh, a retooled version of the original Fugitive. And then um, you're going to see other other of our discs drop you know, throughout the years some of our more staple discs. Um, and then obviously you're probably going to see some Saki bomb stuff as well. So obviously Saki bomb is, is a, a big part of us now. And, uh, that's been such a great relationship. It's been awesome to have Rick around. He's just got so much energy, that guy. And, uh, he's just, uh, he's just so much fun. He really is. No wonder you retired as team manager. You're like, I got the big fish. I'm done. Yeah. Like you guys, yeah. whoever's next in, in line, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, you go to that yep. Yeah, yep. easy tenured, you know, college job now, or you're just kicking yeah. back, yeah. And, <laughs> back and, and driving no big, eleven kids around I'm, in a van. I'm really excited for the uh, yeah. uh, the Supreme Trespass because I love the uh, one of my older Trespasses, and it they, they fly phenomenal. And so I have a I have a handful of the new the the escapes in a box, literally like I think behind this curtain somewhere. Then I'm uh, I'm, I'm waiting I'm waiting till it's not a winter hellscape, basically. Oh so once God. once spring <laughs> comes by. Yeah. You guys have snow up there already or not it's got like a little dusting, dusting. Like yeah a we dusting. got a little dusting in the last week and and then we've had uh 40 degrees today tomorrow probably the next day uh I, i'm running an event this weekend and i think we're gonna have somewhere in the 40s so uh not too bad but then it gets to that kind of like mushy frozen not frozen you know kind of you know not not awesome stuff so um, yeah, I, I wish it would either just get really cold and stay cold, or it would mm-hmm. somehow stay sixty and kill us all on our warming up planet. One of the two. One or the other. <laughs> okay, maybe I don't wish that. But uh, <laughs> all right, I, I, I've got, I've got a question. Are you yeah up to date with Andor? I am. Okay, I'm not. I'm a few episodes behind. You're loving it. I've heard it's. it's I different. am. I, I do enjoy it. I, I like it more the last few episodes than I did the first three or four episodes. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. I'm, I'm I think I'm yeah. through five yeah. or six, 
five or six episodes and the first three of them it was a little bit i mean it was decent but i'm like i'm like okay let's get let's get going let's get going and now it's starting to pick up so i'm 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 i've heard it gets better and better it does it and i heard they just started filming the second season so that's exciting yeah uh, and speaking of I'm sure seasons, my, my question that uh, whatever language you were speaking, I don't I don't care. Uh, but my question uh, is for next season. And I know you're you're no longer in charge, but you still you, you still know what's going on. Just a yes or no will work. Should we expect a a major shift or change of any of your competitors, either or either gaining or losing just do you expect any major, like, really big, you know, Smashbox, crazy, unbelievable, exclusive news? Do, should we expect anything like that here with players this contract season? I think you're gonna. I think you're gonna hear. Yeah, I'll say yes. I'll say yes. I think you're gonna hear it not just from from the trilogy, but from a lot of manufacturers. I think there's gonna be a lot of. I don't think there's going to be as many shakeups as there was last year. Last year was pretty crazy um, for us, especially. You know, we signed a lot of great players last year, mm-hmm. um, but I don't. Yeah, that's uh, that's where I'm going to leave that. I'm just going to leave it with yes. Yes. Yes is is a good to that. Yes. All right, I like it, and I'm I'm sure we'll hear what what typically is the contract season look like for dynamic. Is that like till you know, December 31st kind of thing. Cause I know that's, that's always part of these conversations is when we can start yeah. either hearing someone is selling off their jerseys and they're, and they're selling off or letting go a few of their backup discs. And then that, you know, a week later they're making an announcement and sometimes that's December 5th and sometimes that's January 1st. What does a typical contract look like for, for uh, dynamic? Typically January 1st is when everything kind of starts to, to go in effect. They are, our team managers are, are right now doing talks, negotiations, all that stuff with uh, contracts that are either up or extension or those kind of things. So that that's, I, I always remember being the team manager. November was always an awful month <laughs> because it was always those conversations that had to be had. And, and it was, it was, uh, it was, it was tough. It really was. So, mm-hmm. um, it's not easy. It's not easy, right? So November was always a rough one. By mid-December, you typically in-house know what's what's the shakeup, what's happening, who's signing, who's not, those kind of things. Well, and it's it's it is. There's this interesting uh, yin yang to the idea of you know of just having Paul, the the highest paid player, who's talked about what it means to have sponsorships, what it means to decline sponsorship and endorsement deals. And then someone who's on the other side of the books being yourself and, or has been, and Hey, like, eh, we got to, you know, Hey, you're not maybe worth that much. And you know, you, you didn't maybe, you know, put up the numbers Paul Macbeth did or whomever you want to use as a, as a bar. Like, it's just kind of interesting the the two of you back to back even makes me think of how, how, a uh, an unfiltered conversation, how enlightening that could be for the world. Oh, for sure, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, <laughs> you're not after, wrong. Secret after yeah. after after show. Yeah, yeah, Patreon exclusive one know, someday. And, and you know, Paul, you've been uh, friends with Paul and competed against Paul for many years, and I know there's a lot of respect 
uh, both ways. And I wouldn't wasn't implying anything but that. But yeah, just two guys on two very different ends of the spectrum, especially as a guy like yourself who, um, you know, when you were on top of the world in terms of disc golf, it wasn't uh, it wasn't as lucrative as it is for Mister Macbeth right now. Absolutely, that, that is that is a fact. That is that is a hundred. I think I won fifty five hundred dollars for my world title. From uh, that was the first place prize. I believe it was fifty five hundred dollars. So I think people are winning that for like tenth place now. Uh, yeah, at worlds. It, uh, yeah, it's uh, it, yeah. it is truly incredible. I'll, I'll say that much. All right, Emac. Is yeah. there is there anything else? Uh, totally open floor of any subject of any kind. Disc golf or otherwise. Anything else we need to hear from? Uh, get out of you here tonight. I don't think so. Not not at the moment. Not that I can think of. We've had a a great season. It's been a great year. Excited for another one. Um, it's it's weird because my season feels like it's just starting with the college stuff, but mm-hmm. uh, uh, and the course design stuff. Obviously, I'll be traveling here in a little bit for some of that kind of thing. But uh, but no, everything's great. We're all happy and healthy, and um, we're ready for twenty twenty three. I think I think we are. Uh, yeah, you, you guys plenty. always uh, get yourselves ready and then some. And then I know over at Dynamic, you guys put on an incredible show. Everything good with Denise. And uh, I know uh, she's been working, it seems like day and night for a decade on everything she's been doing. <laughs> uh, everything good with her? Everything's great. She graduates uh, mid-December with her master's degree yeah. uh, here in Emporia at Emporia State University. So. I kind of kicking myself. I should have put her on the team of the, of the ladies team. I don't know if she could have technically competed next year in March or April for uh, the national championship though, since she would have graduated already. But, uh, but no, she's great. She's loving, loving the, uh, the, the college life right now and, and getting her masters. And obviously it's been a hectic time for her getting her thesis accomplished. And she, she defended it uh, about a month ago now. And, Everything went great, and uh, yeah, we're just just counting down the days now. It's pretty exciting. Love it. All righty, Mac. You know, I know we say it a lot, and and we truly mean it. Uh, people like yourself, you're welcome anytime. You've got the the magic uh, exclusive Smashbox phone. If you've ever got anything that the world should know about that we can help spread uh, around the world, you reach out, and uh, we'd love to hear from you anytime. But we wish you the best of luck in uh, all the continued endeavors. I know your hat continues to change uh, and evolve year after year, as does Dynamic Disc as a company. And uh, Disc Golf's moving forward in the right direction. And uh, a lot of the stuff that Dynamic Disc has been doing and pushing the envelope and continuing to push our sport forward is a result of the labors and, and the effort and the the vision that the hardworking crew that you guys have that you've been a part of that team for over a decade. It's, it's been awesome to see and uh, we love it and support it. Want to see more of it. So thank you so much, pal. Appreciate it guys. Hope you guys have a great Thanksgiving. Thank yeah, you. Thanks you, you too, too, man as well. Take care. See ya. Have a nice night. And everyone that is Eric McCabe and uh, one of the, what, good, one of the good ones. Uh, yeah. One of the best ones for sure. Uh, we, yeah, I, I, there, there's been a few events where it's great to, you know, I get to travel around and I'm so blessed to do what I do, but to then also check in with an EMAC and, you know, I think to an event this year, earlier this year, him and I just, the two of us went and had dinner somewhere and uh, got to get caught up on everything that's going on in disc golf and, and some of it's public, some of it's not, and, and that doesn't necessarily matter as much as just the fact that 
you know, Eric is is mm-hmm. within weeks almost, or within a few months of where Johnny V and I are age wise. We came into the game g- generally around the same time. He squeaked out a world tw- a title. We didn't. Uh, <laughs> it was but, close. I mean, I thought. <laughs> uh, but I mean, other than that, no. And uh, and then, like I said, you know, him him hooking up with uh, Rusco, him, you know, having that vision for the original Glass Blown Open and you know, taking on those tournament director roles and then, and then expanding it from there and everything he's done with dynamic. Um, it's been pretty awesome. And yeah, one of my favorite memories of EMAC and DD was, um, I, and again, this goes into Eric and my, uh, shared interests and nerd roots was Avengers Endgame, The first one mm. was you not spoiled this for me. <laughs> back in 2019 Uh-oh. was released right at, Oh, yeah, the, yeah. The, the the GBO at the time. Mm-hmm. And all I kept thinking is like, this is the biggest movie in the last 20 years. I don't want to be spoiled. And I, I have to do... So Emac and I arranged to get tickets and him and I and a few other guys. And I think Denise was there. We like we all went to go see a movie together in the middle of GBO one night. Just It was, it was a blast. And those mm-hmm. are the type of things you get to do at GBO. So I'm really excited that GBO is coming back for the amateurs. Um, and obviously it's going to be a slightly different uh, vibe and feel. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, you're going to get this. Cl- I think you're going to get the classic GBO vibe. And then you've got this new, much more formal DDO vibe. And, mm-hmm. and I have to wonder, like, I would assume that the I don't know when if they're going to do two block parties or just one block party for yeah, DDO. Those were some of the questions my yeah. mind was racing to is just obviously mm-hmm. the the glass blown open will you know be able to take on so many more players but it will have the, the kind of this more probably slightly more festive roots and obviously an amateur and non-professional uh you know player base <laughs> amateurs may be a better word amateur skilled level uh, player base you know what i mean and it won't be quite the same uh, in, in a lot of ways in that they're not going to go then when they're done with their round or they're played their, their 23rd flex start of the week, they're not going to be able to go and watch the final round of, of, you know, the, the MPO or FPO feature card mm-hmm. that weekend. They'll, they'll have to come back for the dynamic disc open to do that. But so some of that will be a little bit different and, uh, and hopefully people turn out and uh, have a really good time with it because We've all learned how much fun Emporia can be and how they roll out the red carpet, you know, the marquees, the signs, the tourism, the hotels. Literally everyone in the city knows that disc golf is going on. I mean, Emporia as a city has to love this. Uh, You're you're getting the amateurs, which hopefully, you know, you still get a thousand people or twelve hundred or whatever that number is going to be. Sixteen hundred, two thousand. I don't know. And so you have like these these people that are really excited to go have this awesome gbo experience because it is it is the gbo is an experience and then you have the ddo which is the professional where you bring in all a lot of these amateurs to come watch the players i i will say and i know i'm sure this maybe is a sl- i don't say hot take but i'm i'm disappointed that we're not going to see jones supreme for ddo because and i understand the the logistic issues with it clearly I liked the course and I know a lot of, a lot of people had issues with it and this and that, but I truly liked the Jones Supreme course. Now I understand 
you can't fit a lot of people there due to the the way the course is the park style weaving in and out of different areas uh, man i it's it's going to be a little unfortunate but emporia country club puts on a heck of a show yeah and uh we we've seen uh what we do see is uh, a different style there and i know a lot of people will will claim that there's not enough trees and that you know they don't like seeing people playing in these incredible winds this year it's going to be a little bit different if we're going to be there in june we're certainly going to see different temperatures it's not going to be 38 and windy when you wake up in the morning i promise you that in june um now will it be 108 that i don't know it could be <laughs> But it won't be 38 and windy. <clears throat> so we're going to have different style. Uh, we'll see how the course looks, how the course plays during that time. I, I mean, just think about how it didn't even hardly feel like disc golf for one or more of those rounds last year when we were at the Dynamic Disc Open and the wind was ripping at You're right. 50 miles an hour. But as I said, <clears throat> I loved it. Sure. Because it is a type of golf, and I'm always a fan of different types of golf. I want to see, again... I want to see that East Coast tight wooded lines hit, you know, your your Charlotte style golf. I love that we start out, you know, as much as I don't really love the courses, I respect Las Vegas Challenge for what it is. It's a great opening event. Everybody gets to show up. Just you don't really have to hit lines. You're probably not quite as sharp as you are at the middle of the season. You just get to go and unload. You get to throw far plastic. Everyone likes to see a disc throw and everything in between. So to get to a, an area where the, the style of golf changes, you, it is somewhat survival golf. You, you're throwing discs and you're hitting a spot in 30 mile an hour winds is a challenge. And so mm-hmm. I love that personally. I loved that little that little slice of our tour. And if we don't, you know, there's always it's always going to be windy at some event, but that is a next level wind event. And so for me. I will be a little bit disappointed to not have the, the, that. And I understand pros don't necessarily like it. it. It's a whole different game. It's, you know, putting is sometimes taking out of the equation as we saw this year. Like you just don't exactly, you don't, well, e- you don't even attempt 20 footers. You're, sure. you're putting them under the basket for fear. They're going to hit and roll 50 feet. So it's just, a, it's, it's different. And I hope we get something like that somewhere in the tour and that we're not missing out on some of that. But, you know, I know a lot of people hate it. A lot of people look at that and go, that's not golf to me. I don't want to watch sure. that. Well, I can understand that they're wrong. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> their, their, opinion, their opinion is wrong, but whatever. Yeah, well, it 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 will have a different feel and, and challenge to it for sure this year. And uh, looking forward to whatever that is going to bring. We know at the end of the day, no matter what, uh, Emporia is centrally located to quite a few people throughout the country. And it provides a great venue for on-site spectatorship and viewing. And then also having things like the block party, having things like the ginormous fly mart, you know, and those types of scenarios, uh, I I think are no brainers that those are going to be all, uh, you know, part of the overall equation. Looking forward to it all. So thank you to EMAC. Thank you to, uh, Doug Bjorkis and everyone else that is, you know, continuing to push forward, obviously Jeremy Rusko, but then the massive crew and staff that uh, also work so hard over there in Emporia. All right. Uh, Do you want to cover any other super quick things before we get to an after show? No. 
uh, I feel like we've covered uh, a lot of the major bases here. There's lots of other stuff we could talk about in the after show. Got some fresh new Disc Golf Guy footage that released not only in the last couple of days, but also something as recently as today. We'll talk about that more in the after show. Uh, and, shout out uh, to Drew Gibson for winning the Australian Open, which was, uh, which is, an, I believe it's an the eight. Australian Disc Golf Championship. Austral- just to there's yes, sorry. Yes, you're right. Australian Disc Golf Championships. Um, it is an A tier over in Australia. Um, Drew Gibson, Chris Hill, Luke Bain, and Scott Stokely and Patrick Robinson. Patty, Patty, along with David Perry, take the top five. And for your <laughs> Open Women, uh, Jennifer Allen kind of ran away with it. She won by about 17 strokes. No surprise. Not a lot of uh, our. No, none of our touring FPL players went over there. I think they were her and Drew and uh, and her daughter were over there for for a lot of fun and the Australian Open. So congratulations to those two. Yeah, great to see Sarah Lee though, who I I had the chance of meeting in Sweden uh, when I was there uh, for the Chaletfia Open, uh, and then also Cassie Sweeten, uh, who is usually a hands-on favorite to win in Australia, and uh, she she met some competition. And ran into it uh, full bore there with uh, Sarah and Jennifer Allen. So um, great to see them all. So many names and faces that I recognize and honored to, uh, to to be familiar with. And I know that Gatekeeper was doing footage. And from a post I understood of Jennifer Allen's, it sounded like Gatekeeper had filmed both MPO and FPO every day. And that sounds miserable. Miserable. <laughs> Uh, that, that just sounds like very long days. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm hoping, and where's trusting, the footage, bro? No, I was just come on, say, man. <laughs> I am hoping and trusting that then every night they didn't touch the footage and that they actually got to enjoy Australia and they got to enjoy everyone's company. A few pictures led me to think that I hope that's what they did and they'll get the footage out when they get the footage out because you're not turning around two rounds of MPO or a round of MPO and FPO. Are they even trying then? Are they even <laughs> so then try- don't try? That's, that's my answer. <laughs> I know. If you can't do it, don't, then even, don't try. even try and kill yourself. So uh, I know they're on their way back or have touched back down uh, here in the States and uh, we'll, we'll keep uh, up to speed with them. And speaking of big winners, I know I mentioned Jonathan and his little pickleball thing. I think I saw Felix over at Ace Run Productions also pick up a victory in the sport that matters. That's disc golf. So, Felix, if that's what I saw, I'm going to give you credit for it. I think I saw that, uh, that you won in something this weekend. You won a tournament. Congratulations. And if you didn't, we Congratulations don't, we don't do retractions. Whatever you did. We're going we're, we're gonna to just say you won. I know, I know you just did. Just tell everybody you won and then yeah. point to our podcast. Like, yeah, he's, they told he's it me. Jack I Wagon <laughs> said it. Like, apparently, I won a tournament. Um, no. So, uh, yes. Um, Awesome. Congratulations to you, Felix. And and thank you uh, to the guys over at Ace Run Pro for all the help. Also, uh, I believe we saw Deanne Carey uh, took down the event that Paul Macbeth took down also in Florida this weekend. So congrats to her uh, on her solid performance. There's something about the late season, like A tiers, where Deanne's like, yeah, I got that. Like, I, I feel like Myrtle Beach a year or two ago or this year. There's just been a number of events where... She's just getting warmed up, baby. I know, and I just think, like, bring more of that to the rest of the year. And I know it's a it's a challenge and it's a grind, but, man, she's, she's some of these events. She's I think she averaged, like, 980 or 1,000 rated golf this weekend again. Okay. Crazy. 
Smashbox Corrections Department got fired by Steve Dodge. <laughs> we never rehired him back. It was yeah. very strange. Uh, that, that's a good point. The Australia New World Champ, the New Australia World Champ. You guys are funny. All right, guys, we're gonna call for the regular show. We've got plenty of other uh, extra things to talk about in the after show. Uh, stick around for that. We've got a giveaway, of course. I didn't even hit up Macbeth or McCabe. We had the mix on tonight. They should be giving us stuff. They they get all that stuff. Uh, but we we got some goodies to give away. I think. Uh oh. Mm. I may even have a. Uh, uh, a disc from this weekend, this upcoming weekend, the cold turkey that I am hosting. Whoops, let's do that. The cold turkey, not a newer innovative stamp. Uh, it, it has become the theme, though. But I, I love like that it. stamp. A little mini stamp. We've got some cold turkey discs that can be given away. Um, so we'll probably have one this week and one next week uh, as well. So looking forward to it. Big shout out to my boy, Spicy Boy, who also celebrated a birthday a couple days ago and and saw Elton John and hung out at the OTB. I mean, talk about living your Wait, best life. He went to go see Elton John? Yeah. I watched the first half of the Elton John concert wow, on Disney+. Plus. He was at the concert. Yeah. I, yeah. It's, concert. And let me tell you. Eh. <laughs> and I like Elton John. Yeah, like, I'm not, do, I'm not like yeah. a huge Elton John fan, but, you know, you, you expect all the classic songs. And, yeah, I mean, you you can tell he's showing his age. I mean, I imagine being there would have been pretty exciting and... But the Disney Plus version didn't necessarily interest me nearly uh, the live Disney Plus that it was on. So, but either way, happy birthday, spicy boy. Thanks. Happy birthday, buddy. All of your help. We're going to call it, folks. This has been Smashbox TV's podcast 430. Woo. That train just keeps on rolling. We're going to have an after show. Uh, We got a giveaway. And other random useless stuff that you probably want to talk about. So get your your chat board all fired up because we'll be fired up in the after show. For Johnny V, I'm Terry Miller, the, the disc golf guy. Thank you to Eric McCabe. Thank you to Paul McBeth. And we'll see you in a few minutes in the after show. We'll see you then when you step inside the Smashbox. Thank you to our $2 and above patrons. Your name is listed below in the credits. If you are interested in being listed as a producer in the Smashbox TV credits and supporting this and other fine podcasts, please visit patreon.com slash smashbox TV. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 